Today, we will be taking you behind the curtain and sharing 10 secrets about Nintendo's headquarters. And we were at PAX and got a chance to play Super Mario Wonder. What did we think of it? Keep listening to find out. We are fresh back from PAX and Nintendo Live. Mm-hmm. We're honestly both a little rundown, which is I was going to say, we're not super fresh. We're feeling. doing this remote. We might be a little surly, a little grumpy, a little tired, but that's fine. Um, we want to tell you all about it. And yeah, we've got our Mario Wonder impressions. We have our full PAX panel just as a, as a little segment that we're going to drop right into this episode. So it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It was a great time. And yeah. Keep listening and find out what we thought of all the stuff that we did at PAX. Um, As usual, everything that we do on this channel is made possible by our wonderful Patreon family. Many of them were at PAX, meeting us in person, hanging out with us during our live panel. So thank you so much. If you want to join us, we're at patreon.com slash Kit and Krista. Yeah, our community was really like a warm blanket uh, at PAX because there were so many of them at our panel and they were supporting Mm -hmm. us there. We did a great meetup with Captain Alex for the Kit and Krista custom controller. We got to meet so many of them there. And uh, yeah, we found out the community travels. So it's great to have them with us when we do these events. And then we pick up the conversation where we left off on the Discord and it's wonderful. It's so true that our community truly is like a family to us and being able to meet them in person at at places like PAX um, and you know, taking our online conversations. Uh, IRL has been just one of the the highlights, I think, of PAX for us this year. So thank you to all of the the wonderful um, Patreon community members that came and said hi and and hung out with us at PAX. It was so great to meet all of you. That's right. All right. We have uh, on our channel a full vlog of our entire trip, which is great. It's a A long vlog. It's a meeting vlog, like 30 minutes. I tried to cut it down, like truly. I really was like, this is so long. And then I was like, I I can't. I'm I'm done with the first cut, but it's 45 minutes. Like we got to take the shears to this a little bit. The feature film of Kit and Krista at PAX. Right. Um, But yes, it was was meaty because we did so much. We really did. Um, at PAX. We wanted to like capture all of that and, and share it with you guys. But now that you're back and have like a moment of reflection, like what, what did you think of this one? I think you're right. I was watch I was editing the vlog and, and sort of rewatching some of the things that we did. And I always love to do that because it really is like a video diary of your time um, spent somewhere. And I really think that this is probably the best PAX Ever. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to like definitively say it. Not one of, but the best packs ever. Um, yeah, we, I think, I think we did so much. We, again, we got to um, spend time with so many of you guys um, in person. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I just felt like this one was just like really incredible. What about you? I think so too. I think even if you remove the Nintendo Live component of it, like this is really the premier gaming event in this country, yeah. at least, where there's so many games of all different sizes. Uh, you know, really great representation for indies. Um, you know, big studios sort of you know picking the right thing that they want to put out there at the right time. Really good, just feeling in the air from everybody having a great time, um, and that. They really took over Seattle this year, which I think this is a plus and a minus where, you know, the show has grown to be bigger than ever. But uh, I I wonder if there's some drawback to that where, 
it's hard to see everything that you want to see. I, I realize it's a four day show, and, but not everybody can stay for four days. Um, I, th- I think you would be probably hard pressed if you really wanted to say, well, I, I saw everything that PAX had to offer. I think that could be hard to do. I think it could be really hard to do. We we did not stay for the full four days. That would be such a marathon to do that. It would be exhausting. The other thing that you know we both noted in the vlog is that um, now they have it split into the, the two convention centers. That new convention center is amazing, beautiful. Um, but having to sort of trek between the two can be a little tiring. Like we were talking to other um, people in our community where all, all of us were like, our legs are actually tired from walking around so much between the convention centers. And it was kind of like, you can just see how much this show has grown and, and like just how big it is now. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really incredible. We've been going to PAX for a really long time. I can't even count how many PAXs we've been to, but it's a lot. Um, and to see it like become what it is today is like, it's kind of crazy, actually, to think about that. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that makes it hard to see everything is that it's it's a little bit split up in all these different buildings. And even some of the buildings can feel very fragmented themselves. So I I would love for them to try that. And that new building is really big. And it felt so like nice. they, if they really tried, they could just fit it all in there. And I think that would be for the best where you just have one building mm-hmm. and, it, and it, you know, it makes sense to navigate that building and, and everything would just be there. I, I, I would come away feeling a little bit better about my prospects for definitively seeing everything yeah. because right now there's just a lot of nooks and crannies that would be a little bit easy to miss. Yes. A lot of nooks and crannies, a lot of going up, a lot of escalators. Yeah. Somehow everything that the default is at like the top of the building. So it's like, well, I made it in, but now I have to do five floors of escalators. Yeah. (laughs) So true. So true. Uh, Nintendo Live though. So we spent our last day at Nintendo Live. And again, of course, we had been to the Kyoto Nintendo Live in 2019 when we were with Nintendo and we were very eager to see and sort of compare like what, what did they keep? What did they change? What's different? Um, as you'll see in the, in the vlog, we spent a lot of time in the line to get in. Um, but I think we had a good time once we did get in what, again, with, with a little bit of separation now, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I think Nintendo live. And again, good to compare between what we did in Kyoto um, a different experience because obviously we were with Nintendo. So we had a very different experience, like traversing Nintendo live, like all the logistics of it. I was, you know, I was very cranky during the process of getting into Nintendo live, but you know what, thinking about it, I'm kind of glad that we had that experience because now we're having the experience that you guys might be having trying to get into an event like Nintendo Live. And and now we can, you know, kind of share that with you as well. Like it's, it, it is how you guys experience Nintendo events. We never had that experience before being on the inside. And now we truly have the same experience, which is great. Um, but it, once we got in, it, I, th- I thought it was awesome. It definitely felt very similar to the vibe um, of the Kyoto Nintendo Live, where it's less about like, new announcements and and new stuff and more about celebrating like just celebrating all things Nintendo 
And I think they did that. You know, they had beautiful, you know, photo ops. They had all of the big games, um, old and new, out for people to play. Obviously, Mario Wonder was there, which is a new thing and exciting that people got to try, um, as included, got to try, you know, a new game that hasn't come out yet. I really love the musical performances. I thought that was a great touch to have both sort of the Zelda Symphony and the Mario Big Band as a way to like make it feel more celebratory. But yeah, I thought all in all, it it looked and felt very similar to the Kyoto one. And it was great. Yeah, when we were in Japan, I mean, we literally had the all access pass to go anywhere, do anything, cut any lines. So it, it is interesting to get the other perspective, um, you know, of, of not being the, the silver spoon Nintendo brand ambassador. <laughs> Uh, oh. anymore, you know, spending hour 72 at Nintendo Live, just waltzing in and, you know, playing nonstop Mario Wonder couldn't be us. But um, it does give it does give, a, give you a different perspective. I thought they mm-hmm. made some really good adjustments for this one. So I think we mentioned this before at the Japan Nintendo Live, there was no third party content yeah, at all, that's <laughs> which, true. which was interesting. And they're like, well, it's a Nintendo event. People come for the Nintendo. So we're giving them that. Um, there was not a huge third party presence, but they had some, and I think it was meaningful. And I think it means a lot for those partners who were there because that's a big opportunity for them. They also had, you know, stuff from the movie. They have a big Lego presence there. Mm -hmm. So you were getting a better holistic picture of what the entirety of Nintendo right now in 2023 is, which I think makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there was a lot of debate, um, at the beginning of, you know, how are they going to, how are they going to weigh new content with older content? And I think what they did, you know, in picking Mario Wonder to be the one thing to focus on that was new was a, was a smart idea. And I think that really worked out. Um, you know, they had enough station, they had so many stations of that, mm-hmm. that, you know, you could get that experience and not feel like, oh, well, I spent my whole day waiting in line to play that and all these other things I, I didn't get to see. It felt like it was just one of many things that you could do in there. So I think, I, I think you know, they did make some good enhancements to the blueprint that Japan gave them. So I thought overall it was a very strong event. A big question I have is, you know, if they choose to do this again, like next year or at some other time, Will they do it again with a PAX or will they sort of start to spread out on their own and do a yeah. true standalone Nintendo event and, and maybe a bigger media market? I mean, sales pretty big, but, you know, you could go to a New York, you could go to a Los Angeles and, mm-hmm. and make it even bigger. Yeah. And that that's what they do in Japan. It's a standalone event that they do. It's not tied to like Tokyo Game Show or anything like that. It's independent and they do it at a time that makes sense for them and yeah so I I do wonder that's a good point like whether or not they'll they're sort of testing the waters attaching it to a PAX this year um and what it might look like uh, in future years because I do think this was successful enough for them to do again like I think if they were measuring like oh did, did this thing work um were people interested like I think the answer is yes um Back to the line really quick, though. <laughs> the line, though. The line, though. Yes. Um, I do think that experience can be improved a little bit. Uh, like I I think the, the issue is, is that it's fine if you have a really popular event and people need to wait a line. That's not a problem. You know, that's like very standard. And people are used to that. 
I, I think the problem is, is that it's both a lottery and a line. So you're sort of losing a lot of time, like both ways. Um, and, and when we were experiencing the getting into Nintendo Live, I almost said Nintendo Line, getting into Nintendo Live part of it, it did seem like kind of disorganized. Like there was multiple rooms of lines and then you're trying to do different things like pick up a gift bag only to go into another line and then you're checking your QR code like six times. Like, they had kind of a shocking bottleneck at the end where, you know, you need to show your QR code to get in. And I think they had maybe like two or three people doing that for the thousands and thousands of people who were trying to get in. And it's right. like, you should probably have at a minimum like 20 people doing it. Imagine how fast it would move if you had 20 people doing that. Yeah. So and I don't it know. It takes time to scan a code and all that yeah, stuff Yeah, I had too. heard that the day before us was not as bad line-wise but I, I imagine somebody had to do a calculation of the throughput of, well, here's how many people we can get in um, with this many people scanning it. It's not like it was an understaffed event either. So that, that was a bit strange. Yeah. And I think when, once we got into the actual venue for Nintendo Live, like there was space in there, like a lot of space. So if you want people to play your new game, Mario, you know, Mario Wonder or whatever, like get people in. You know, because that line to play Mario Wonder was like one minute long for us because it was the the, the venue was like empty because no one could get in because they were in the line. So that part of it was a little bit of a head scratcher for me. And we did um, we were noting this in our vlog. It, it seemed like something had gone wrong because um, we saw a lot of members of the event staff, in, including the the line was not moving for a good forty five mm-hmm. minutes that we were in it really. Yeah. Something and had gone wrong. You were asking, like, well, is it because of the, the, con- the, the Zelda concert was happening? Did they not? But, like, that was in the whole other side of the building. So I don't see how. I know. I wasn't sure. There, there was something else. Like, who knows, maybe their readers, their QR code readers had a glitch or something. I don't know. We don't, yeah. we don't know. But, yeah, there was um, some concern shown by the events people that we saw and recognized um, yeah. as we were getting yeah. deeper into the line. Like, the, the head of the events team was out trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. So when that happens, when, like, the senior director of the events team is out in the line. Like, you know, right. Something is not right. And they all looked pretty stressed out. So, yeah. Yeah. I do think, um, for the future, it will be best if they separate this out from packs for, for both sides. Honestly, again, you know, we talked about packs being really big already. And I think if you were there less than three days and you wanted to do Nintendo live, that would be really, crammed and rushed and we also heard you know rumblings from a few of the exhibitors saying like oh you know it's nice that nintendo's here but it does kind of hurt our foot traffic as well because we're kind of competing with another event that's built into this event so i understand why they did it this way for the first year it's kind of a safety net it made it made sense because it's such a big event and a new thing that they've never done before but I think for for everybody, it, it's best to separate them out and, and do two yeah. distinct events in the future. I think so too. I think it it's a good test. Um, I think they they did the test and it was it was good. They can make some good changes and have it be sort of a yeah like a standalone thing um, next time. And then of course Europe has still not done one of these. Um, you know maybe maybe their yeah. argument was well we're going to do Gamescom this year and that'll be sort of our return to a big um, consumer event and yeah. you know, we'll see how NOAs goes and and we'll, and we'll go from there. Um, it, 
it's 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 very much a, a formula that you could take uh, to any big market. So maybe yeah, we'll I wonder, see one there too. I wonder if Japan's going to do one this year. Um, they they did it in October. I think yeah, I think they, they have another one scheduled um, for not too too far away. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be good to see like what they they do there too. But yeah, it seems like this is going to be a thing, and Nintendo is probably going to do more of these, which is great. Yeah. All right, just a moment. We're going to get into our PAX panel, the 10 Secrets of Nintendo Headquarters. But first, we got to shout out our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you. Uh, there are, can be a lot of times in life where you just lay awake in bed because you've got some big decision or dilemma or something that is racing through your brain that you cannot work out on your own. And in those times, it really helps to have someone to speak to just to talk through the problem. And that's where a better help therapist can really help. Yeah, I definitely had this recently when we were prepping for our big PAX panel. And I get really nervous doing these live panels, even though I don't know why, like it's, it, you know, I can't explain it, but Feelings I do have Feelings of these. self-doubt were creeping in. Yeah, you definitely have these, you know, you definitely, and then of course I got a lot of like racing, nervous, anxious thoughts running through my head um, right before, you know, I would go to sleep. I would be thinking about this a lot and so true that a um, better help therapist can really help to ease your mind and, and get you out of some of these negative cycles that you get yourself into. And it's great because um, you can talk to the therapist any way you want to, you know, send a text over the phone, video call. There's so many options for you to get someone to talk to and find some mental and emotional peace, which is really important. Yeah. And they're truly impartial, which I was not, which is why it was useless to talk to me. No, useless. Um, and they're also experts in, in helping people to work through these problems. So yeah, it can be a really great um, solution if, if you've got something that's keeping you up at night. So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Kit and Krista today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Kit and Krista. All right. It's time for the big PAX panel. Here we go. Welcome to the Kit and Krista Podcast Live. Woo! Yes. Yay! Thank you Thank for coming. Thank you so much for coming. It's so great to see all of you here. I'm really nervous. This is like our fifth or sixth PAX panel, and some of the questions you were asking me before included... Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Dear God, why? <laughs> Some of these things weren't even questions. I don't know. I just, I always get a little, a little nervous, but because I, I really want to do a good job for you guys. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, we great. have to start by having uh, the usual uh, uh, trade show banter, which is, how's your show going? Oh yeah, how's your show going? Because we've been ships in the night. I haven't seen you until today, actually. Right, until right exactly. Now, right? Thank goodness. Yeah. I want to see you. So, um, How's my show going? It's going great. We saw some really interesting games today. What was your favorite thing? Well, we went to the Art of Nintendo Power exhibit, which is, I think, a floor down from here. Yeah. And I really recommend that everybody go see that. That was incredible stuff. You had an emotional um, moment. I did. I, I had been following um, Stefan on social media for a long time, but finally got to meet him. And you know, Nintendo Power was a huge part of my childhood. And I got to see some of the artwork from the pieces that I obsessed over as a kid. So I did really have like, like the, the Ratatouille moment, like staring at these, these layouts that he had of 
You know, there was the finished article with the individual pieces of artwork. We're going to try really hard to get Stefan on the podcast yes. pretty soon after this. That would be cool, wouldn't it? We're excited about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. You guys too. would like to hear that, I'm sure. But yeah. you had a Ninja Turtles moment where you were, you were transported back yeah. to your eight-year-old self. Now, he also has, this is like his big new get for PAX this year, is the, the old Mario costume character. Not, not the fancy yeah. new one they have at Universal or the one that they have at Nintendo right, Live. right like from like the early 90s. Yeah, this thing, he did a great job restoring it. He was saying that he kind of had to like taxidermy. He taxidermied it. Mario, yeah. Which sounds horrifying, <laughs> but looks great. And funny story, we actually had the second part of that costume at the Redwood City Nintendo office. It was sort of the Yoshi part of it. The Yoshi attachment. Right, where basically you could stick the Mario costume into the Yoshi costume. It was like the costume. N64 expansion slots. Put Yoshi here. <laughs> Inside, yeah. And it was like a very strange, very dusty. Filthy. Filthy yeah. Yoshi. I, I got into that costume. There, what happened to that? Though? That photo is somewhere. I'm, I'm going to try really hard to find right. that photo. And we'll put it in our vlog because right. that was an interesting moment for me. Yeah. Getting into that filthy Yoshi costume. We also had a very strange lunch today. We had a late lunch because the panel's a little bit late. We're not going to be eating until later. We went to a place that we went last year, which yeah. is a, a, a great um, pho place, the Vietnamese noodles. And we walked in at like 2.30 or something because right. we saw, like, well, they're just open nonstop. Right. We and walked, there was, it was packed full It was people. absolutely packed. They didn't even barely have a table. And the guy says, we're closed. And then, and then he goes, actually, are you hungry? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we and are. And then he goes... That's why we're here. Okay, then we're open. And I was like, all right, great. So then he proceeds to go, like, interrupt these people that are having this lunch at a table for four, and he, like, separates the table so that there was a table right. for us. But it was also completely silent. A packed pin restaurant. Drop. Like, pin drop silent. There was no music. No one was talking to each other. It was just the sound of noodles slurping. Right. In silence. And I was like, am I getting pranked right now? Yeah. What's going on? So bizarre. We order and they bring out the noodles and of course you reach for the sriracha but there's nothing there. You just like no. instinctively There's no sriracha because he had separated the table. Right. So, so the like, sriracha right, was at the other person's right. table. Surely one of these tables has a sriracha. The table to the left of us had it. So you're like, okay, well maybe we can ask. But we start to listen. They're having a very like intense and yeah. emotional conversation. It was like, my father abandoned me as a child. I finally reunited with him and then the, all these things happen. I don't like to talk about this. And I was looking but, over like all I want is But you the needed sriracha. the sriracha. <laughs> like yeah. badly. Because I can't okay, I don't know about you guys, but I cannot eat the pho without the sriracha, okay? So I was like waiting for the moment where I could sorry to interrupt your like deep life story, but right. I'm going to need you to pass the sriracha. You were George Costanza in that moment. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. I can really empathize. But also... But can you pass the sriracha? <laughs> Eventually, I did get the sriracha because there was a natural pause in the story, but I, I fell for that person that was having like maybe like a, a moment of, yeah. you know, vulnerability. Well, way to go. You got the sriracha. I got the sriracha. We are going to Nintendo Live tomorrow. Legitly. How many of you have been? Yeah? Oh. Cool? Yeah? Who has played Mario Wonder? Oh. Nice. That's awesome. You'll love it. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully, we'll, yes. hopefully they'll let us play. We'll see. Yeah, we went to the uh, Kyoto Nintendo Live uh, in 2019, so excited to sort of compare what mm -hmm. it's like. But yeah. um, 
yeah, hopefully we don't get uh, whisked Escorted away to the out. dark room uh, during the check-in. <laughs> Sent straight to Nintendo jail right. for our... Into the dungeon we go. For our, 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 our bad behavior. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a fun topic for you today, which is 10 hidden secrets of Nintendo headquarters. Yeah. Which is because we're here in Seattle. Uh, we obviously did not work at the Nintendo Redmond headquarters, but we sure came here a lot. Yeah, we were here all the time for business trips. I think probably like every couple months we a were lot. up here. Yeah. Right, so we knew it pretty well. And uh, that's the building. It's in Redmond. You know, you can't really go in unless you're an employee, but it, it's fun like to just drive by and yeah. you can you take can a picture by the sign. The sign. And yeah. yeah, yeah, like if... if, if if that sounds cool to you, I would say you should you should do it. Yeah, for sure. And it, it definitely is um, pretty like lock and key. Like they'll, they're they're very strict about who can get in there. But if you just go and take a picture with yeah, the sign, yeah. But fine. if you're in the front of the building, that's, that's right, totally fine. right. So we asked ourselves the question of like, well, could we do this with the old Nintendo Redwood City office where we worked, which is now gone? And we were really totally racking cool. our brain of like, gosh, what are the cool things that were there? What were the secrets that were there? And we came up with one thing which was uh, this sign, which was posted in, it was in the men's room, was it in the women's room? Oh yeah. This is real. This is, this is a personal photo that you took. Don't tell Nintendo. Don't, nobody needs this to know is, where these came from. This is where we get sent to jail. Um, but this is an actual sign in the bathroom. I don't know why. I'm not sure the, uh, the origin Nintendo story art of team this. approved this one. I don't think that maybe uh, the IP team is, is excited for Wario to be associated with the number two, but hey. Stinky me. things. This yeah? stinks. Wahaha. Right. Great. So we got 10 things. Start with number one. So the office was broken into these sort of themed quadrants. So depending in uh, you know which department you were in, it's like, well, I'm in the Donkey Kong quadrant. I'm in the Mario quadrant. I'm in the Mario quadrant. So um, I remember like Treehouse is in the, the Yoshi, Yoshi quadrant. Yeah. Um, the licensing team was uh, in the. Um, were there also in Yoshi? I can't remember now. I think they may have been in the Mario. Mario, quadrant. maybe right. Mario. Yeah. Right, but all the quadrants have this sort of a themed artwork, and you know, apologies for the, the poor quality photos here. They don't let you take photos in the office, so we yeah, actually we, had to like dig. We found these photos. online, and I'm, I'm surprised we could even find these. But yeah, they yeah. definitely have this sort of like really like cringy, like Corporate phrasing. stuff. Like, Get fired up. Go bananas <laughs> and make a blast. <laughs> Get sense. fired up. Why is that? Jump for it. <laughs> um, any guesses of what, what, so when we did visit, you know, we had other people who were in our team that were in a, in a quadrant. Any, any thoughts on what quadrant, yeah. what quadrant you guys we would have been in? sitting in? We were in the Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Wario's a good quadrant. guess, but we were in the Donkey Kong quadrant. Guess yeah. who else was in the Donkey Kong quadrant? That's where Reggie was. That's right. Yeah. Donkey Kong be quadrant on your best behavior. is the executive office area. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Very exclusive. Um, our sort of like little office area looked right into Reggie's office. So no funny business in the Donkey Kong quadrant. No monkeying around. No, 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 no. So from there also, you know, the, the conference rooms themselves, the conference rooms everywhere follow the same sort of theming. So if you had um, a meeting room in the Donkey Kong quadrant, it might be called Cranky Kong yeah, or yeah. Expresso. Um, they really did go to Rambi. a lot of- 
effort to come up with cool names. A, yeah. a, a personal favorite of mine was Another Castle. Another Castle. Was I like that one. Yeah. That was a, that was a fun touch. Yeah. Some but, of them are like deep cuts too, like games that you oh, have yeah. heard about for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is from the uh, Reggie Fizemek video from several years ago. So this is actually on the top floor of the headquarters, and all the rooms there have a Zelda theme, which is very yes. cool. And the top floor is all conference rooms. It's actually really cool because they have sort of this like open rooftop garden, almost like a Zen garden in the middle. And all the conference rooms are around that, that Zen garden. Right, so it was right. a really beautiful space up there. Right, so the name of this room was called Master Sword. This was like, if you're having a very important meeting, yep. Uh, not the very important meeting where, where Bill Trennan's stuffing donuts, um, <laughs> or like a, a really important meeting. Like yeah. this, this is where you would have it, but they also had like you know, Zelda, Link, Ganon. Those were all meeting mm -hmm. rooms um, yeah. that were that were there. As On well. the wall too, there was clocks that showed the time in Kyoto and um, other places where Nintendo had offices, mm -hmm. and that's where we had like all of our big um, like E3 meetings. Like any big executive meeting always happened in. Master Sword. The, the thing about that conference room, though, it, was, it always gave us headaches. Remember that? There was some way, like if you sat on this left side of the table, like you see here, there was some way that the light came in. There was like refracting through the window, and like and by like, the end of the meeting, oh it's like I can't. I don't know. I'm out. You need to like pack your aspirin when you go right. have long days in there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Next. So Howard who Lincoln. Knows who this who, do people is? know who Howard Lincoln is? Very important yeah. oh, figure like oh, in Nintendo history. Very important. Yeah. So. Right, oh, so, yes, so exactly. Right, so this, is, this was actually sort of, you know, when mature games were a hot topic. Night and trap. Thank you, exactly, <laughs> Night Trap. Um, this is from C-SPAN, important stuff. Uh, but Howard Lincoln was the former chairman of Nintendo of America, mm -hmm. obviously a long time ago. But he is still involved in some things with the yeah. company. He's also, you know, was involved with the Seattle Mariners mm -hmm. yeah. um, to a very high degree. But he actually still has an office in the Donkey Kong Quadrant. In Nintendo of America. So when we would come visit, sometimes, you know, it, it could be like a mad shuffle to find places for us to sit. You know, sometimes it was like, well, you all can cram into whatever conference room, or we have this spare table. Um, one time, I came in and they're like, okay, Kit, we have arranged for you to sit in Howard Lincoln's office. Big shot. And I got scared. You were like, this, this Howard Lincoln's going to come in and like, this is a prank. He's going to who the heck are you? Get out. Get out. Now. <laughs> Never sit in my chair again, you dirty, filthy casual. Yeah. That's what he's going to say to you. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we never, did you ever get a chance to meet him? I met him once. Really? I did, yes. What was the circumstance? We were at a Mariners game. Really? Yeah. Oh. You weren't there. I, I never got a chance to meet him. I, I wish I did. He's, he's definitely he's awesome. a legend. He is such in, a nice guy yeah. and yeah. super, very, I mean, he had a beer at the time, so very chill. So. The memory I have of him was, again, going back to my, my youth with Nintendo Power, they did like a Q&A with him and Mr. Arakawa, oh, yeah. who like together they were like the two you know, top people running Nintendo of America. Yeah. And somehow the interview ended with boxers or briefs. Oof. What? TMI. <laughs> and I can't remember who had which, but one had one and one had the other. Oh, we'll never know now. Yeah, those two were like very casual. I think very you know, they, they were very personable, and I think it changed a little bit after our calls on left Nintendo, but they were like, they were kind of like that. So I, I, don't, yeah. I don't, I can see why they answered that question. Right. All right. This so though. in the old Nintendo <laughs> office, they did have like a cool display of Nintendo stuff. 
And they built the new Nintendo office that, that exists there now. I think that went up about 2010. And right as you walk into the lobby, like when you get past reception, there's this massive sort of museum-like display that, this is a picture from the old office. The new one is like you know, levels and levels beyond that. Yeah. And it sort of is like flanked by the Nintendo store where we did our various shopping spree videos, mm -hmm. which you lost, I have to remind you. Excuse me. Excuse you. <laughs> there was a big deal around that because when we did that video, you know, something you do in videos is called color correction, where you can kind yeah. of adjust the color of everything to get it to look just right, depending on the lighting that you're using when you film. Some, somebody looked closely and they're like, there's a different color of Joy-Con oh that they're selling in and the Nintendo store every, that's like, for news. employees only. It made every news just like, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get in so much trouble for this because they think that there's like something that doesn't exist because of our video. Right. I was like, who's gonna call? Is Reggie gonna call me and yell at me for like spreading? Rumors? Well, Reggie knows there's no such thing, so no, he's not. No, but I was really worried about it. I was like, oh, they're shutting us down. They're shutting us down. Yeah. This is it. But they were very. There was there was a rumor going around. Fake news. It was, Fake there news. is there is no secret there is no employee secret joy, -Con. joy -Con. No, yeah. It's just regular yeah. joy -Con. It was literally the same joy -Con. Right. But anyway, so there's this big uh, museum display which like is is covered at all times. It, it has like. Yeah. Like a curtain covering it. It was so bizarre because they were they were really like hyping up this museum display. And when they opened that new office, it was like a big deal. Like we're gonna have this museum that's gonna have like all of you know this great stuff from Nintendo's history. It's gonna be awesome. We're like, that sounds great. Maybe we can bring people to tour the office and they can see this. What a great thing to have, you know, have at headquarters. But they would never let anyone it must look never be at shown. It. Why would you do that? That's just weird. Why would you have a museum that no one can see? You know, for all my years of working there and all my visits to that office, I never saw that museum. It was literally curtained Did you? Off. No, I never saw it. I never saw it. There were times where I was like off in the distance and I think they were like bringing new employees through there. Like that's a, that's a good thing of like, you know, here's, here's the company's history. Yeah. But just if you were just like walking around, like you, you wouldn't have a chance. I just didn't understand it. Yeah. It made no sense to That me. was a little strange. It was very strange. And they just literally had the whole thing curtained off 99% of the time. Yeah. So it made no sense. Yeah, they're building that museum in uh, Japan. Maybe they'll it, curtain that off maybe, too. Maybe they'll just have a locked door. Like, yeah, you actually can't get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stuff in here is really cool. museum, though. but you can't see it, actually. <laughs> so, too bad. Next. What number are we on? I don't, I don't I know. I lost track. I've lost track. Oh, okay. Does this look familiar to anybody? Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. was from the 2016 E3, thank you. Yes. Where it was all Zelda Breath of the Wild Probably themed. one of the coolest Nintendo booths we've ever had. It was Absolutely. Like a super, there was a lot of discussion, like is it a risk? Is Are we making a bad decision just having only that one was a big game gamble. in the booth? Is that gonna be like bad for us? But it turned out to be so amazing. Right, and you know, I've been seeing the pictures from Nintendo Live and it seems like they have you know, taken this idea of theming a place out mm -hmm. and, and they've, you know, they've really gone overboard with that where there's yeah. like a themed photo and a statue of this and a statue of that. So but this cool. was really like the first time that we had gone all out with something like that in an E3 and they made, you know, we had the Big Guardian, we had the Link, we had Bo Coblins, we had, we yeah. had all sorts of things yeah. and it was in this beautiful themed booth and I remember they were even telling us like, oh, you, the, we, we have fans in the ceiling so you to can like feel wind? the yeah. wind going through your hair. Like the, 
the, they, the, they really went all the out. The events team was in their bag on this they, one. I mean, the yeah. events team at Nintendo is probably the best ever. That's why Nintendo Live is so cool. Right. But um, yeah, this was one of those just magical booths. And I remember you took a you took a photo of you laying under a tree. Just taking a little rest. A little rest. Yeah. It's very relaxing in, in there. But. We always wondered, like, so what? So you have the E3, it goes great. And then what happens to this stuff? Yeah. And I will say, at Nintendo Live, I have seen some things resurface. They dug into those archives. From either like, somebody's basement. They're like, all right, you need, you need to get that stuff back. You need out to get that stuff back, right. yeah. But there was one thing that made a notable return after E3, which was this Guardian. The big Guardian, yeah. Which was, they actually put it outside the office. Mm -hmm. um, this is sort of outside the lunch area where people could sit yeah. outside and eat lunch. And this was an incredible addition to it. And I think they said like, well, it's not gonna last forever. I think, you know, with, with the weather in Seattle, you know, so much rain, they, I think they estimated like, well, we might get like six months out of this. We're but, like, really? How's that possible? But at least, you know, at least we'll be putting it to good use. Yeah. And I think up until, up until the time we left, like it was still there and it, still, still, it there. still looked great. It was so fun too, because we'd see it in all different seasons, remember? Like that one time it snowed, it, the garden yeah, was like covered in snow. snow it was so cool. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they were like very, they seemed very like down about the quality of it, but it was fine. And yeah. it looked great. Do not touch or climb on walls or sculpture. Photos prohibited. Do not post online. These are not our photos. These are not. Who did it? It wasn't me. I found them. We followed those rules. Yeah, they again, they don't like you to take any photos like ever in that office yeah. somehow. So there you go. Next. Aha. This is a fun one. So we were talking about the old office, which, um, you know, they switched over to the new office in 2010, which was an exciting thing because I joined in 2009 right. and there was a lot of excitement about the new yeah, office yeah. and you could see, you know, the building coming up as mm -hmm. it was being built. And, you know, I think the feeling of the old office was people were, people were a little bit down on it. Yeah. I worked in the office for a number of years. Um, I actually, when I first started at Nintendo, I kind of was at that office the most, um, getting you know trained and, and figuring out what to do with everything in that marketing department before we moved down to Redwood City. So I spent a lot of time in this old office and it was definitely old, like depressingly old and small. And def definitely I think that the company just outgrew that location. So it was time to build the new office. I remember we had this big, um, every year Nintendo has sort of like this all company meeting where they make like big announcements and it was one of those like Oprah moments where it's like, and one more thing, we're building a new office, oh. woo! And everyone like flipped out. It was like, it was like an exciting, um, sort of one of those like, you know, you get a card moments. I didn't work there, but I, I did have sort of a different feeling about that office. I liked it, I, it felt very cozy. Okay. Uh, like you were, you were never far from whoever you were going to go to talk to. Small. Yeah, it always reminded me of like a log cabin, like oh. kind of nestled in the Pacific Northwest. It's like this is this is cozy. This is nice. I, li I like being here. It definitely. I mean, it was crowded in, in there. So maybe that's why it felt cozy to you. But <laughs> it was just yeah, the first, small. The first time I went there was on a visit when I was working at Konami, and we did something with the game Elibits, which was a very early. Anybody play Elibits? Yes. Nice. Oh, Elevates. Wow. Love Elevates. Okay. Uh, we brought the dev team to Nintendo and they were talking about, you know, you know what can you do for us? This is, this is a cool game, et cetera, et cetera. 
And um, I mean, it was it was a huge deal for me to go inside the Nintendo office yeah. for the first time. And they had that cool display, which was just out for people to see. That was mm -hmm. incredible. Like the store, I walked by Reggie's office. He was in Whoa. there doing like a phone call. I was like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> yeah, but I, I realized like a lot of people didn't love that office. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they were very happy to move on. Yeah, it was really cool because right before they, and this is an actual photo of that office mowed down basically <laughs> before they built the new office. But right before they did that, the, um, the team that I was on um, was like, oh, we're gonna do this really fun paintball event inside the old office. Yeah. Like that will be our goodbye to the old Because we're just gonna office. tear it down anyway. We're gonna tear so it let's down, make a, so let's, let's have a make good time. a mess. Right. And we literally played paintball like throughout the old- Did you do play, did you play? Yeah. I wasn't there for that. No, you weren't. Oh. Once again, you were not there. I was at the Mariners game with Howard Lincoln. I played paintball. <laughs> You're living a double there, life. I was there two years before you. You weren't around. All right. Sorry. All right. Um, but it was crazy. It was so much. It was like, like nighttime, and it was. It's always weird to go into the office like in the middle of the night. Like going of. to school. Yeah. At night. Yeah. Exactly. It's like oh, I shouldn't. There's something. I shouldn't like, be here. Something like a little like <laughs> illicit about this. Like oh, what's gonna happen at night at the office? Um, and we we literally played paintball and we made a huge mess pre Splatoon days. So this was like. Maybe that inspires Splatoon, I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, the next week they, they knocked it down. Wow. Right? Very cool. All right, on we go. Cafe wow. Mario. So this is the cafeteria in the office, aptly named. Um, this is another thing where there were mixed opinions yeah. on the quality of Cafe Mario. See, I don't know. I kind of liked Cafe Mario. So did I. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I thought that you, you, I thought you didn't like it. No, so so we, again, we worked in the Redwood City office, which was in this kind of very bland office park, and there, were no, there, there was no on-site food option. Right. Later on, they made a big deal of getting this like really bad oh, that was the vending machine option. where the, the featured item was a, quote, sandwich, <laughs> where the, it was a piece of cheese, a piece of salami, and then another piece of cheese. <laughs> that was the sandwich. Oh, we're missing some pieces here. So I didn't eat that. And yeah, you it was had... like airport food. It's like food that, like the, the ready to grab food at the mm. airport. And remember that person got really sick from eating that salad and that thing? Mayonnaise, it'll get you. Oh man, yeah. that, was, that was not great. So compared to that, our options at Cafe Mario were much better. And it was a really nice cafeteria. It had like a nice salad bar. It had like a special, like a station where, you know, every day it was different. It had a place for like pizza and, you know, tacos. You, you, were, you were a frequenter of the taco bowls. It's good. And they would even do like themed lunches. Again, yeah. this is not our picture, but it would say November 10th, 2017. So this would have yeah. been like shortly after the release of Mario Odyssey that right. came out just so before they Halloween. Cappies. So you can see like they've got the Goomba stack. Yeah, oh, yeah we got I'm, I'm not sure what Fox McCloud's doing there, but. Um, yeah, they would do, you know, kind of Fruits like and berries. Theme, themed events. Um, but yeah, there was like a very kind of, you know, school, school type vibe in there. It was definitely like the school cafeteria. You definitely don't want to like... Clickish? A little clickish. Yeah. Like you, you always sat with, you know, like your friends. There's always like, oh, this is the treehouse table. 
And I'm like, this is, you know, the, the, the executive table. Like, but you, you see, like, Reggie in there. You see, you know. Reggie ate this food. Everybody yes. was in there together. There was not a secret Reggie kitchen. It wasn't like he was getting, the, like, a catered, right. you know, like, a lobster lunch every day or whatever. But, yeah, it was just, like, where everybody just sort of mixed, right. you know, during the lunch hour. And every Tuesday... They Very would do they would do sushi Tuesday where they would bring in somebody to actually make sushi yeah. for people. So what is con what was controversial about it? You hated sushi Tuesday. Well, I just didn't want to eat that. Why? I don't want to eat a cafeteria sushi. But he's a sushi chef from a restaurant now, that brought in his fresh ingredients. People who are up to date on the podcast know I had a high profile uh, oh. bout of food poisoning on an important work trip, and I just don't want to roll the dice on these sorts of things really? anymore. Yeah, I love sushi. I love the sushi just not that Tuesday. Sushi. That was like a big okay. deal, and you would plan your business trips, you're like, can I get there on a Tuesday and have lunch? Like, hmm, let me move my flight up so I can, get, <laughs> so I can enjoy the sushi Tuesday. And that guy would make you with like hand rolls. It was so good. People loved it. I thought it was great. Fine. Okay, all right. All right. All right. Next. Ah, yes. So this was cool. So outside Cafe Mario, kind of along the hallway, as you like, like if you look at this, like there's this glass window looking in. If you just look on the other if side of that. If you were to like that. do a 180 turn, right? They would have this lineup of all the classic Nintendo arcade machines. Yeah. And this is not a. This is just some random picture you pulled off the internet, right? They, they did not have a Ninja Turtles. No. And a Tempest machine, but like in like absolutely pristine, perfect. You couldn't touch them. Condition. It was. It was not for you to play. It was no. like. It was like a display piece. And you couldn't take a photo of it either. Of course not. Of course not. But God forbid. Like that was. That was a really nice touch. Like. Yeah. It, you know, a good reminder of sort of where the company came from. You know, there were still people who worked on the arcade machines that who, were still who working still at Nintendo. At Nintendo to yeah. this day. Um, so they have all the stories of this, um, and this is definitely something that they would, you know, take you to see as, if you were a new employee. And, exactly. You know, educate you about what Nintendo's about and, and how we got to where we are now. But that, that was always very cool. That was really cool, yeah. 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 All right. This one, though. You wanted to put this one in here. I don't know why. Because I thought it was fun that we had... Not a lot of bathroom talk in this podcast. I don't, I don't know how this happened. But we did have cute little restroom signs that had a Mario and a peach on it. But I just want you guys to guess. Like, which one, which one is real? Do you guys think that the piranha plant urinals are real? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that went viral, like, a little bit before the Nintendo opening of Super World. Nintendo yeah. World. Mm -hmm. And the, like, the post was like... You know, first look at the bathrooms at Super Nintendo World. Yeah. And this did fool some people. It did. Because we hadn't been there. We hadn't seen it. It was like, maybe? Really? But then if you look very, and it was one of those like spoofed Nintendo America Twitter accounts. Right. But you look very, but they'd spoofed it so well. It was such a good spoof. But if you looked really closely, it was like one letter was off. It was yeah. like Nintendo America or something like that. Um, but yeah, people totally believe this. Yeah, we stuff like, like, oh, yeah. like the onion or hard drive, like people would absolutely fall for that, and like, yes. like we give you like a panic phone call of like, Mr. Miyamoto said what? I'm like this is oh, the no. onion. That's not real. <laughs> yeah. It's like well, let me tell you about the onion. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get like panicked emails from developers. They're like, I don't remember saying this. It's very out remember? of character. Do you remember me saying this? I'm like. This is the onion. <laughs> like, it's what? Fake. It was fake. Oh, okay. I was like, was I drunk when I said this? What's going on? <laughs> that was always funny. Yeah. We getting close to the end here? 
Uh, last, yeah, I think this, this is the last one. This. This, uh, yeah, this is something I have no knowledge of. Right. So please, please take us through this. So there are these secret Nintendo archives that I have been in. I think they've since moved these archives to the Kirkland location. But when I was working at Nintendo, um, we were that that was still in like that Redmond location. But basically, they had like all this random stuff down there. And part of my job when I first started at Nintendo, because they were moving the entire like sales and marketing team down to Redwood City, they're like, you have to, you personally, have to go into the archives and figure out what's in there, what we need to send down to Redwood City, what we need to send off to other storage facilities, because we're shutting these departments down in Redmond. So I went down there and it was like, there was no organization, there was like no rhyme or reason, but it was insanity. Like we found so much random stuff down there. There was like, a, I think I saw, I saw a signed Maroon 5 platinum record down there. Nintendo fans warped her? Because they, yeah, they had like some kind of E3 party where they had Maroon 5 as like the celebrity oh, yeah. guest. Do you right. remember that? It was like whatever year that was. That was before me as well, but I did hear about that. There was like an infinite number of GameCubes signed by Evanescence. Yes! In the why? office from the Vans so Warped weird. Tour. Yes. It was like, why do these keep coming from? They're like multiplying in somebody's closet we or something. We found so many Evanescence GameCubes. So like an literally an infinite number. I was like, what we, right. we have more of these? How is this possible? They were like they were like trying to give them away to they people. Like, you want please, please please take these. Like, no, we need to we get don't rid want of these. This. Like, no, so weird. I don't want it. Um, that was also the time where there was like that big Wii shortage oh. when I joined Nintendo. And when I went down to those archives, let me tell you. That's where they were keeping them? 250 plus Wiis down there. Oh. I was like, oh, no one can ever see this. It was like intense down there. And yeah, I spent like a solid month cataloging everything that's down there, like putting it, you know, in, in crates and trying to organize it in some way. And then later on when we would like, um, you know, we would have like Nintendo Minute episodes or we would have episodes where we were helping out with the podcast and you'd send people down to the archives to find stuff. So I was skeptical of this because I had, I had sort of a different experience with this. So it was, uh, whatever year was the 30th anniversary of the Game Boy. You know, on social media, we wanted to do some cool, like, photo shoot. And I was like, oh, well, in Redmond, they'll definitely have, like, a really clean, pristine Game Boy. And these archives, you've been talking up to me for years. So we had someone in Redmond say, please, please go find this. They couldn't find one. Well, did they? They couldn't find a Game Boy. You know what they can find? A Wii? No. An Evanescence GameCube? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to get, like, from some employee who just had, yeah. we, we had a call for, like, we need a, we need a Game Boy. Who has I a Game really, Boy? Nintendo has a bad habit with archiving stuff. I get really worried because I'm like, I shouldn't have been the one to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not, like, a professional at, like, archiving company history. So I think some of that stuff just got lost. So I don't know. I feel like they have an issue with this. You but know. you were also telling me in the, in the years before I joined that you had a job in the Redwood City office of, like, they would mail you new releases mm -hmm. of Wii games and DS games. Yeah. Of, and like, we of would every, catalog. Of we would everything. Of everything. This was physical For what copies. reason? Just to, like, have a record of it. And I, we kept these spreadsheets that was, like, you know, whatever, My, my Little Pony, 
for we. Why do we need Ninja Bread Man? Yeah, Ninja Bread. We have Ninja Bread Man one, two, Carnival three. Carnival games. Yeah, yeah, but we we used to have like just drawers and drawers and drawers. But again, I. I don't know why it was our responsibility to archive this stuff. That, like that drawer was never open. If Ninja Bread Man goes missing in 35 years and there is no record of it for human history, I'm sorry, that's not my fault. It's not my problem. It's too I'm bad. looking for Ninja Bread Man, and all I can find is an Evanescence it's, GameCube. It has erased. Come it has on. been erased from human history, but it's not my fault. Um, but anyways, the archives were a wild and crazy place. Then we would pull from the archives for those garage sales that we used to have at the office. Yeah. Yeah, where they would basically just like bring out old stuff. Stuff they need to get rid of. To get rid of, and employees could like, quote, buy them for charity. So we found a lot of cool stuff. There was some cool stuff. There's some good stuff in in those garage sales. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Was that number 10? I think so. That was number 10. So we can switch over now to a little bit Q&A. There is one microphone right there. So if you want to ask, you can line up. And we can do this for a little bit until we run out of time. Oh, boy. There we go. Ask us anything, though. Just ask away. Maybe we'll answer your question, yeah. maybe not. And um, we'll just repeat the question, because we're, we're recording this as well. We are. We'll be releasing this uh, as this week's podcast, too. So go ahead. Yeah. Hi. Uh, there are a lot of consoles. So for just a few of the Nintendo consoles, do you prefer the Mario or Zelda games? OK, so the question was, there are a lot of Nintendo consoles. And on the consoles, if we prefer Mario or Zelda games. Why don't you go first? You know, I was always very much more in the favor of Mario over Zelda until Breath of the Wild. Um, and, you know, that was a game that I worked on very closely and uh, became my favorite game ever. So I've, I've really flipped uh, on that. Um, very much looking forward to Mario Wonder, though. Like, that, we, we watched that direct together, and mm-hmm. that really blew our socks off. Yeah. And, and, just exceeded our expectations of, of what they would have done to you know keep Mario fresh and modern. So super excited for that. But I, th- I think you know now sort of where we are now with with what they're doing with Zelda, I would I would have them pretty pretty neck and neck honestly, which is not how I felt before. Yeah, I think I've always been a Zelda game person. I've always loved like more of a narrative story game, puzzle game. So. Um, you know, I, I definitely still like that. Although I would say the more recent Mario games, like Mario Odyssey, um, really like struck, you know, stuck with me. I worked on that game though, so it just could be like, you know, you're very attached to the game that you yeah. worked closely on, and that one just will always hold a very special place in my heart. So see, my problem, I, I'm dumb with puzzles. You are like you've dumb. seen you've seen me play yeah. Zelda games, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, yeah. it's right there. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like seriously, what is especially wrong with when you? it's in like a 3D space, I can get I can get yeah. turned around. An enclosed 3D space is a bad place for me yeah. to be. I can get yeah. turned around really easily. You're okay at those shrines, though. You did okay on those shrines. They're small enough that I don't get okay. too disoriented. Right. But I'm like, what room is this? Have I been there before? It's a best. <laughs> it's a you problem. Though. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thanks. Hi. 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 I actually have a panel on here. Monday for Oh. So bring your 3DS, like everybody please come and Oh boy, you know we love a street pass. Yes, we do. We always love street passes. I've heard rumors that might be one of the nice consoles Ooh. And And I want to ask you, what is your favorite street pass game? Oh, hmm. 
Do you need some reminders? I do. Give me, okay. give me some reminders. Uh, other than find me in Puzzle Spot, then we got the newest editions. There. There's like a flower garden one. Yes, not that, one. Not, that one. not that one. Not that one. Not that one. No, I don't like that one. No, I don't like that one. Oh, okay. You like Okay, all right. Then there was also Monster Manor. Oh, that, oh, that one was that really was good. good. Monster yeah. Manor was that good. That was the one where you're like trading stocks. Yeah, it was Market Crashers. That was market cool. Crashers. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good one. Okay. My favorite was Monster Manor. I like Monster yeah. Manor too. I'm going to get on board I with that too. I like the behind it. I yeah. I got a lot better. Everybody in the series was like commenting and they were like, you got so much better. I feel really sorry I crapped on you. <laughs> Monster yeah. Manor, we are fans, and everyone go to the Street Pass event. Yeah, we're just still here on, on Monday. Monday. And this one on, on Sunday. So, so about a year ago, we did a video that was pretty popular, which was, can you get a Street Pass in 2022? Yeah. We are going to be doing the 2023 edition of that video soon, before too long. Yes. Yes. Can we get a street pass in twenty? Because we did not get a street pass in twenty twenty two. No, I really tried. No. There was a guy wearing a Zelda shirt, and I was like, "My three DS." Camped out. Yes. Outside you of have the game street stuff. pass. Where is where is your three S? Yeah. And then that person ran away from me. No. So that don't no. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. So my name is Rob. That was my twin brother Nicholas. We're both Italian. Oh, oh. how cute! Oh, Mario and Luigi. I love that. I get it. So I am older, shorter. He said fat. What? He's taller and younger and all that. So. so it's perfect. You really are like a real life Mario and Luigi. Well, technically, my mom didn't marry someone who was Italian because she wanted to break free from the stereotype, but that's a whole story, and I have to get on with my question and also okay. have coffee with my people and your people. But anyway, so <laughs> it's a little mental health uh, kind of question, QA. It's kind of about the dark triad, narcissism, Machiavellianism, psychopathy, and sociopathy. Oh. Have you ever had a boss that embodied, how dare you judge me for the things I said and did in your presence since behind your back? Also, and how do you inspire others to have empathy for others, even when you don't agree with that? Oh, wow. Deep question. Uh, well, I was, well, I was your you boss, my so, boss, so I'm worried for now. For a pretty long time. <laughs> and the answer is... Uh, I'm forever scarred. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh my God, I'm totally kidding. You were actually the best boss ever, ever. Yeah. Best boss ever. Yes. Round of applause. Now I'm your boss, so, you know, <laughs> how the tables have turned, people. Uh, but, but, you know, I think everyone, including us, experienced challenging, you know, people at work, whether it's your boss or not, there's always going to be people at work or people in your life that um, is going to be challenging for you to deal with. That's just life, you know? So I think it's good to have, you know, for, for me to really like help me through those hard times. I, I really had a lot of people that were supporting me and giving me confidence and someone that I could like talk to around me to help me like vent when I needed to, someone that you could trust that can give you good advice. Like that is so important to have like a support system around you when you're going through these really tough life things. Um, so I've been really lucky to have really good friends around me to help me out. But I think this is very normal. Yeah, normal to have those kinds of situations. Yeah, I think if you, you know, are working for somebody who is not showing empathy or is not modeling whatever 
you know, behavior that you're wanting them to do, it's, it's always valuable to, to remind them that this is, this is important to me. Because yeah. you know, if they're a good boss, they will, they will take that to heart and hopefully you know, integrate that into their repertoire more than they have. Um, and yeah, I, I remember you know, in, uh, when we were in the, the pandemic, which were challenging times for everybody, um, you know, I was noting, you know, people on the team were wanting, like, well, you know, understanding, like, what, what are a company's resources when it comes to mental health? So, you know, sort of took that as an opportunity to speak up and, and you know, pull together, you know, and help people understand what the, what the company did offer. Uh, and hopefully that ended up being a positive thing. But, but, yeah, I think just really, you know, being vocal about what is important to you and, you know, what, what you're hoping that can be modeled as a team wherever you're working, that, that's always important and people will always respect that. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Uh, I've been watching you guys. I just wanted to say, um, I've been a huge fan of your stuff since like fourth grade. Oh my so gosh. Just, yeah, I've been watching you for like eight years. That's amazing. Yeah, so I just wanted thank to say you. thank you for being a good part of my childhood. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. You're making me feel old though a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you maybe stop growing and aging, please? Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, but my question was, out of all the That's dead? There hasn't been a Rhythm oh, Heaven no. game in a really long time, so I would agree with him. But so, anyways. So out of like an X-Zero Rhythm Heaven Starbucks, which one would you guys want to see come back? Tamagotchi life. We're, we're, do we're doing a bad job of repeating the question. Oh, we are. Okay, I'm sorry. What is the, quote, dead Nintendo IP we'd like to bring back? Yes. Yeah. Tamagotchi life. Where is Tamagotchi life, people? I would love to see That's that game one. come back. Yeah. I know. I want to, like... I want that on Switch or whatever the next, whatever the next one is. I think that's such an amazing IP that we never, that we should see again. I need a, I need a reboot of Star Fox. You like really from, have it. From the ground yeah. up, like getting less of the rail stuff. That's clear that genre just is not working for a lot of people anymore. It's obviously got a great legacy to it, but yeah. it's such a, you know, so many rich characters, a big world, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, you know, people always talk about like, wow, Star Fox Assault had some really cool ideas where you're you're in a plane, now you're on the ground, now you're on foot. Like, imagine if you had that in sort of bigger areas. Like, I feel like there's there's the bones of something big there, and it's like this this is this, this is such a huge potential that's just waiting to be given the right opportunity. Yeah, but a, a true re like a reboot. We're starting fresh. Yeah, yes. we cannot do no, like nothing another... is nothing is sacred. You know, we are starting Just throw fresh. Throw out the book and start fresh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, I'm a big Iron Man fan. So I wanted to know, like, anything that you would like to share a fun fact, maybe something that's related to your works, anything to fire you would like to share. Uh, so anything about Fire Emblem that we would like to share. So we, we were just commiserating about how when we would work on Fire Emblem games and the person from the treehouse would come in to sort of give us the rundown of what the game was, they were very quick to say, and here's who dies. They, like, <laughs> this person had a very specific, they found very specific joy in spoiling Fire Emblem for us. I don't know why. Maybe I think because she got spoiled. So she was like, you know what? If I can't have like a moment passing of trauma down. Yeah. Like if I can't have a genuine moment of surprise, like none of you can. So 
Yeah, I'd be terrified of going into those meetings. I'm like, do I need to plug my ears? Like, what's going to happen in this meeting? But it's always like, yes, uh, these are the characters that die. Here's what happens. Here's the story. Um, get to work. It's like, oh, <laughs> all right then. Another fun fact for me is I, I'm like a fire emblem, like, normie, I think. Because I actually didn't start the series until Awakening. So, um, and then I Like fell, a lot of people, to be fair. I don't know. Maybe not. I feel like a little ashamed. Because now I'm a huge like Fire Emblem fan. I've played every game since then, and I've even gone back now that the some of the games are on the NSO stuff. That I've been playing some of the older Fire Emblem games as well, and they're so amazing. It's like, oh man, I can't believe I missed these. But um, yeah, it, it was. I started my Fire Emblem fandom started kind of late in life, so yeah. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> hey guys, this is Matthew. You're the podcast. Thank you. Um, question for you guys is, um, this weekend at PAX, uh, there's a lot of indie games you know, on the floor. Um, are there like the top three indie games you guys have seen or heard about here this weekend that you guys are looking forward to or interested in? Yeah, so the question is if there are um, cool indie games that we saw at the show. We saw one today that we both loved. I always forget the name, though. I believe it's called, and I'm so sorry if I get this wrong, Thank You for Being Here. By Panic, they're the people yes. who do the play date. Mm -hmm. um, they just had sort of a big, you know, their version of a, of a direct, and they announced and, and showed off a bunch of new games, and this is one of them. This game, this game is coming to the Switch. It's coming to a lot of things. Um, there's two actions you can do, jump and slap, <laughs> and you play as this tiny, tiny, salesperson. tiny little salesman in this sort of extremely British Town. world. Yeah. You played it, what were you doing? So you're basically like helping people out in this world, but everything is like very humorous. The signs all around this town were hilarious. All the characters are doing like really weird stuff. Um, I was laughing a lot, but the humor is also very British. So there were some jokes that I think kind of went over my head a little bit, but yeah, it was just like a very kind of like satirical, um, game and, and I, I'm not sure like what the start and the end is going to be but the, the sort of the part that we played was really fun. We got to talk to the developer after and, and you know there was some of the, the British humor that went over our heads but we were like so so British people will get this right and he's like oh no <laughs> like we're we're from a very small town in, in northern England and it's very specific to us. So yeah. like, okay. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was it was but it was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That they're also in this building, again in the panic booth, look for the giant play date. That that's worth a look. Yeah, yeah. that's a great one. Thanks. Hi, I'm Francisco Game. It's just wanted to meet you guys and thank you so much for bringing so much happiness into my life. I always love the personal questions that you guys have. I know you recently had the bonus to an A, but you're going to fight with you. So my question is, you guys have aged awesomely and I'm just wondering <laughs> Are you a front, back, or side sleep and Oh, oh that's a good that's a good question. So the question is, are we a front back or side sleeper? Is there like a correlation between the how you sleep and how you age? I, I think that I, I have seen I have seen like YouTube videos about that actually. I'm a back sleeper. I I did I did hear that you can't sleep on your face because it causes wrinkles. I don't know if that's true. Or not. Like face plant into don't, a pillow. Don't you face mean? plant into a well, pillow. I don't think people because do you that. don't want to. your face gets smushed. You know, the wrinkles. Some sometimes I mean like ten years ago I think I changed. Like oh. I used to be pretty much like. On, you shouldn't do that. On my tummy, your, doing your something face. like that, and then I became a side sleeper. 
And I could do either side. I'm versatile like that. Oh, you're ambidex an ambidextrous uh -huh. sleeper. I'm, I'm very good at sleeping. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There you go. Thank you so much. Wear sunblock. That's how you stay young. <laughs> Bye. Hello. Hi. Hello. So, it's a Zelda's Flat Fest, and there's Goron, Zoras, and Koroks. Which one do you choose? Gorons. Hands down. Oh, I didn't repeat so, the question. Goron, Koroks, or Zoras. Zoras are the three. Are the three yeah. If there was a Flat Fest, what would you choose? Right. Gorons. Not Koroks? I don't like the Koroks. They're really annoying. Uh, but we agree, not the Zoras. We both dislike the Zoras deep, deeply. <laughs> well, I deep, think you think you dislike them more than I. Sorry. You no said something. I do like Sidon. You said some I like wild Sidon. things. I like Sidon about a lot. Sidon's, but Sidon's uh, new new queen is <laughs> no thanks. See ya. Yeah, I don't like her. But um, but yeah, Gorons are great. I love the Gorons. They're the best. Koroks. <gasps> really? Yeah. But you've tortured them so answer. much in terms of the kingdom. Well, they put up with a lot, and now they can be my pick. What? This doesn't make any sense. All right. <laughs> there you go. Hi, Flo. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you guys again. Thanks for coming out. Um, last year, if you remember, we were in the panel with Sheridan. I was the one that asked about the, I mentioned the places you see the, how, uh, the Yes. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> um, so, in the last panel of last year, I mentioned um, what kind of systems you think we're going to be seeing as we progress more into handheld gaming. This time, with Tears of the Kingdom introducing a gameplay mechanic that has become absolutely sensational, what kind of games do you think we're going to be seeing in the future or in the, like, one year from now? What kind of different types of mechanics you'll think? Not just Nintendo exclusively, mm -hmm. but just generally, like across the board. Yeah, so the question is, what, what sorts of games might we see in the future, and might they be influenced by what we saw in Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah. We've, talk, we, you know, we've, we've noted this trend a lot because we're trying to keep up with all the games that are being released this year. Like, wow, everything has become a 100-hour RPG, and that's yeah. very hard to keep up with. Right, right. It's very hard, and, and I think in my perfect world... Um, there would be just more variety, you know? Like, we need, we need games of all sizes, I think, for us to have balance as players, but also for these poor developers to have balance when they're creating these games. You hear all of these stories are like, I'm completely burned out because I've done 10 years making Starfield, and, you know, I, you, you cannot expect someone to always make a game like that, you know, all the time. So I think if we can find some more balance and more variety and have games of all different sizes, I think that would be good for, that would be really good for us. Yeah, in the, in the, in the AAA space, there will always be some amount of trend chasing happening, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, people try to take the building of Tears of the Kingdom and, and try and do that. I think that would be very hard to do, so I'm not sure how it'll work out for everybody, but you know, I also wonder, like, you know, we're, we're doing our playthrough of the original Mario RPG, and that game's only like you know, 12, 15 hours long. I do wonder like how people are gonna receive the remake because they have this expectation of RPGs equals a long game. Right. And you know, is there gonna be some friction if people don't have any connection to the original? Like, well, I thought this was gonna be an RPG and right. then, you know, I'm done after, after 15 hours. Like, this is why we say like, you know, indies are really the glue that are holding the industry together because you know, they are the ones who are putting out these unique experiences that have, they just feel like they're going in different directions than, than following the trend. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, one, one game that, that um, 
we actually, we checked it out to, together on the plane over here yesterday that I just want to plug is the making of Karateka. Yes. Which or is karateka. sort of karate they, they let you pronounce it anyway. There's a whole chapter in there that's like, how do you pronounce this? Yeah. And the conclusion yeah. is nobody knows. Um, it, it, but it's fine either way. But that is like a new genre that Digital Eclipse has made where it's sort of like an interactive documentary. And that feels like something, you know, they, they came up with it, but you know, that feels like it solves a lot of the problems that are out there with game preservation and getting people to care and understand about the history of games. So that's another example of something that just felt completely fresh and, and really cool and, and important. We are in the age of like super quality remakes too. You know, I think the remakes this just this year alone with Resident Evil, with Metroid hopefully with Super Mario RPG coming up later this year, like people want these remakes. They want these games that they loved as, as kids to be preserved and reimagined in new ways. And I think there's a huge opportunity there as well. I, I would like to see more of those myself, so. Yeah. Thank, you, thank you. If I can make a game recommendation real quick. Oh, go for it. Neurovoider. Okay. Neurovoider. Neurovoider. Yeah, oh. We got one okay. in agreement, yes. Uh, Cool. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think we might have time for maybe two more. Yes. Hello. Hello. Hi. I don't know if you saw, but this weekend it was revealed that Nintendo's retention rate for new employees is among the highest of all Japanese companies, at 98.8%, which is a strong indicator that Nintendo is really satisfied. So the question is, what makes Nintendo an appealing place to work in Japan? And there was this um, news point that came out that you know, 98 point something retention they had on, on new employees mm -hmm. this year, sort of backing that up. Yeah, so obviously I think, you know, for us, when we were working at Nintendo, one huge part of what made us stay at the company for so long is because we love Nintendo. You know, everyone that works there truly had a passion for Nintendo games and products. Like, I don't think there was anyone there that was not a Nintendo fan. So it was a bunch of fangirls and fanboys working at this company. Um, and, and I think that is both good and bad. So the, the good side is that you get to go to work every day and you get to work really hard for a product that you believe in, for a brand that you believe in. Um, and that part of it was very satisfying. Like I knew that every day when I came in and worked really hard, at least I believed in the product and I knew that it was gonna make someone happy to play these games. But the bad part of that is like you do give the company like a lot of excuses when you're not happy, you know, when you feel overworked or stressed out or um, when, you know, not so great things happen in the corporate world, you sort of make a lot of excuses for Nintendo. You're like, well, I should just take this because I love Nintendo so much. I, I, I shouldn't complain about this even though, you know, I'm really stressed out because I love Nintendo so much. So sort of a little bit of a double-edged sword, but I, I do think that high retention rate is because people love the brand so much. The longevity is, is a thing in, in America as well, and that's very different than you know, how people stay at jobs um, at other places. Like, you know, we, we got, both got over 10 years, and like, 
like nobody cared. Like that wasn't any big deal for them. Right. It was like, well, I've been here 20 years. I've been here 30 years. Yeah. I, I was packing up Donkey Kong machines. Who cares? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in Japan, the, the mindset is still a little bit different where, you know, you don't move around jobs as much. Like there is, there can be a mentality of like, well, if I, if I can land a good job, then I'm set for life and I'll, you know, I'll stay here and I'll yeah. really represent that. And, you know, Nintendo is a very competitive place to get into. There's a lot of demand. It's, it's recognized as an, an important company in Japan. So I, I, I can understand that number. I believe it. Thanks. I think this will be our last one because they will pull the plug on us. Oh, no. That sounds <laughs> it's not a <laughs> so my main question is I know that you two have been a part of Nintendo for a long time, like especially like during like when the memes like really big and all that stuff. Um, and I know we've had like two console generations since then, and I know like the menus have like changed and everything. So now that we've like left Nintendo and like a lot of time's gone by, we're probably gonna have a switch to like next year. What do you think of the like Nintendo Wii menu? So having seen a lot of Nintendo consoles, what do we think of the Wii menu specifically? I like the Wii menu. The, do you not like the well, Wii we menu? Went, we went back to the Wii for some videos recently, and like the Wii remote remains like a super Solid. sleek, like seems like, yeah. like 15 years later, it's like, wow, this That's is like nice. really amazing, like wow. So, I mean, having that sort of point, pointer functionality, the different channels, the idea of that. I was just going to say, I really love the channel and, like, the cheesy music, the elevator music. I think that was some of the best music right. ever. Like, the Wii menu music and the weather channel music. Yeah, like the, 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 the boats, the weather, like, all, all those different ideas yeah. that, like, they, they're, they're not interested in having on the Switch because it's like, this is a games machine first, all that right. extra stuff, we're going to cut that out. But yeah. it did have a lot of personality, a lot of charm. Um, very easy to use. I like it. Yeah. I, I think that we should find a balance, though. It's really nice that Switch is so snappy and you just, you know, you turn on your Switch and you can jump into your game in the matter of seconds, and that, that's awesome. But it would be nice to get some of that personality back from the Wii and the Wii U days. I think if we can find, like, some sort of balance between the two for the next thing, that would be really great. Yeah. We are wow. out of time. Yes, the PAX people are gesturing at us. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Patreon Thank supporters, where so are you? Much. Raise your hand. I know you're yes. here. There we go. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your support. You guys are keeping us going, so we really appreciate it. And Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you for you coming. Have the best time. Thank have a great rest of your show, everybody. Woo. Bye. And we're back. Every time. Every time. It, I mean, it's not like we're not coming back. I know, but I just don't know when it's going to happen. Okay, okay. Uh, that panel went really well. Um, the turnout, it's hard to tell from from the way we angled the video, was so good. It was so much better than we could have hoped for. Honestly, better amazing. than the turnout for the panel that we did last year. So really thank you to everybody who uh, came out for that. Yeah, it was so much fun. And once we got started, I was no longer nervous, and I just had a great time. So. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, we have a lot of games that we have been playing, including Super Mario Wonder, that we want to tell you all about. But first, got to shout out our other sponsor for this episode, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. Yay! With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. 
We've been so busy traveling, prepping for packs that, you know, going to the grocery store and making a meal is nearly impossible. Not going to happen. But with HelloFresh, it was possible to eat, uh, which is very important. Um, I definitely relied heavily on my HelloFresh meals, both right before it and also coming back from packs. And they have some really great fall recipes right now. Um, and it's awesome. It's quick. You know, some of the meals you can do in, in less than 15 minutes, and I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, now that we are past packs, uh, in our eyes at least, summer is over and we are into fall. Right. So they have over 40 different recipes every week, um, HelloFresh does, and many of them are starting to look ahead to fall. So if you're ready to get into that fall mood, some of those recipes will help you get right there. Um, so go to HelloFresh.com slash 50KitKrista and use code 50KitKrista for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. I repeat, wow. go to HelloFresh.com slash 50KitKrista and use code 50KitKrista for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Wow. That is some great discounts. It's a good deal. So we will leave the link right over here and also in the description below. All right. Let's talk about the games we're playing and let's, let's uh, not wait any longer. We'll start with Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Yeah. So at Nintendo Live, they had a huge section, um, a huge corner of the venue set aside for Mario Wonder and there was this great display of you know statues of all the characters and Mario, uh, Elephant Mario cramming himself down a warp pipe and I, no joke, like they must have had about 50. I mean, how many, how many do you think they had? Yeah, I think f- at least 50 right. stations. And it was a demo where it was on a timer. And I think they had us play for about 15 minutes. Yep. And, but it, you can freely explore in those 15 yeah, minutes, like yeah. pretty, pretty well. Use, it however, however, it use that time however you wanted. They did have us, uh, all the stations playing <laughs> four player, I think, to just help yeah. move the people through the line. So we got matched up with um, two other people we, we didn't know, um, which was fine. But it, 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 it is a sort of a different experience playing that game four player versus, you know, single player. Or I think yeah. even if it was just um, you or I. But yeah, we started right. off presumably from um, the very beginning of the game and got to play through about you know, four ish stages. Yeah, we did some some different um, different things, too. We played some of the more traditional stages we also did one of those badge challenges, which they talked about in the direct. Um, yeah, I think uh, we got we got a good feel, I think, of the game, even though it was a little frenetic at times playing with um, two people that we didn't know. Um, I think we did get a good feel of like what the power power ups feel like. You know, what are the Wonder Flowers doing? What are these different sort of stages feeling like some of them are different difficulty levels as well. And I, I can, I got a sense of like, oh, okay. When, when they say like two star difficulty, what does it mean? Um, and then sort of the freely exploring the overworld, um, you know, what that was all like. So I thought that was a great way to get people to, you know, get a, get a taste of Mario wonder. Um, and I, I loved it so far. I thought it was really, really fun. I can't wait to play more of it. Um, but that little taste that I got was great. Yeah, let's dig into some of the details. So, yeah, that aspect of being able to walk freely through the overworld is nice because sometimes you'll get hung up on a level that 
you know, is giving you trouble or you just kind of don't like it. Maybe it's like an, an underwater level and you're like, eh, I, eh, I don't, don't want to feel like it right now. I don't want to do that right now. Um, so you can just kind of bypass that and come back to it when you're ready. So that's a really nice addition. And some of the stages are, you know, traditional Mario stages and some of them have sort of a different, you know, thing where you're supposed to do. Like one, one that we did was a, was a badge challenge, which you were mentioning about where if you do it, you can get a badge. And that's a big, I think that's one of the biggest new additions to the game where you can get right. kind of like a perk for your character and assign that and, and sort of change the way it plays. The one we did was for wall jumping. So, mm-hmm. you know, in Mario, typically when you wall jump, you go in in one direction and you're jumping off in the other. This yeah. one was very Just different. Vertically jumping up the right. wall. Right. And you're I was re- very confused by this when I it first It took started. me a minute to get my my handle on this because I've just never seen a a Mario wall jump to go like this, but I could see that being handy for certain levels or depending on what you're trying to do in the level. Um, So that's great. And and there's a good number of those badges. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems like you can get them there. I think we found a shop where you could buy some of the other badges. Uh, I'm very, I'm very curious sort of what the flow of that badge system is once you get into the game and and I'm sure there are some that'll be harder to get than others. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was really like curious about that when I saw the badges in the Nintendo direct and curious to see like how that changes up your gameplay. And it was good to get a, a feel for it there. The other thing that was a big change that we noticed that it probably was in the direct that I, I think we just didn't didn't pick up on is you no longer really physically interact with the other characters. Um, yeah, you're all playing together, but you know, like you had in the new Super Mario Brothers games of like bumping into people or picking them up or bouncing off of them, like that that's not in this game. Right, and and I think that there's good and bad to that. Like obviously, sometimes when you are trying to like traverse the level, you can get in each other's way. Um, which can make it a little bit challenging or frustrating. Um, but I do, I do kind of miss the, you know, getting picked up um, and that interaction of like, oh, you need to help your friend get to like a higher ledge or or if you're just trolling, you can like throw them, you know, into a pit or something like that. Like that that interaction was really fun. Um, so I, I might miss that a little bit, but I can see some benefits too where the, the levels do feel, you know, so just jammed full of stuff that maybe like that just would would be too much like it would just be too confusing um yeah that that is one thing that i noted is that like you definitely have a lot of replay value because going through a level ones you're missing like a whole bunch of secrets and 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 things i think that there's just like so much to discover in every level that you'll probably be going back like a ton so yeah, I don't know exactly how I feel about that change either. I those games could get very bumper car y when you had, you know, even more than just two players. And especially doing jumps could be tricky, but the the element of picking up another player was fun and, and added a lot to that. So I I I guess I just need to play more of, of Wonder yeah. to to fully see how I feel about it. But but it is what it is. Uh, it's clearly a, des- a decision that they went with. Um, and it also, you know, is sort of reflected in, in how the online works as well, which I think is a great right. addition. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to like, you know, really dampen how I feel about the game, but it, but it is significant. 
yeah, it's a big change and something that is really different for this series. So we'll see. We also um, got to check out some of the new power ups. So yeah. we got to try the elephant transformation, mm-hmm. uh, the, the drill. drill. We did not get to try the bubble. Did you get? We did I, not try. I didn't the get to do it. At least I didn't see no. you get it either. Yeah. No. Um, you played as Mario. I played as Toadette. So we uh, very quickly were able to try out the elephant um, power up for for our characters, and yeah. That was something. <laughs> you definitely feel like very heavy, very you know, the, 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 like the, the sheer weight and size of it is very, just feels very tactile in that game, which is fun. I like the water, shooting the water out of your trunk. Um, that was a, 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 you know, a really fun mechanic. Um, it is kind of like, you know, when you have four giant elephants on a screen and you're just like running through this insane level and there's so much going, it's like a little overwhelming. I will say, I think that four players, four elephants in this level, it's like, it's a, it's a little much. Well, that's Um, where, that's where that decision to not bump into people is good because there's just not a lot of room to be bumping. Yeah. I don't think four elephants could, that would not fit like on the screen, which would be funny. Yeah. One of the other people that we were playing with, um, really had a hankering to just run. Yeah. Which I think if it was somebody we knew, I would say, hey, knock it off. <laughs> you slow down a little bit. It was also a little kid. I know. So you cannot do <laughs> so that to, to just kind of deal child. With it. I think I think if you were playing at more of a uh, a regular pace, you you might not feel quite so <laughs> harried about it either. True, but it really was like it's a lot on the screen. Like honestly. Yeah. yeah. Four elephants and like all the other stuff going on in the background around you, enemies, everything. Like even if you weren't running, I think it's just yeah. It's a lot. Um the drill, I think you got to you got to use that a little bit more than I did in one of the underground levels. But it's yeah. cool. You I mean you can go into you go down into the ground, you go you up can drill into the down. ceiling. Yep. You can stay in it for maybe like a three or four Mississippi before it yeah. spits you out again. But there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot you can do. It's really interesting. It's like a, I was trying to like get the, a handle on the controls for it because yeah, you can do quite a lot it, uh, with the drill. And then obviously like enemies would fall on your head and just like bounce right off because your head's like a pointy drill. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, that level was really interesting because you're kind of like digging down into like the, the crystalline depths to get to your wonder seed. Um, and, and again, it just, it, it feels like, I don't know if I'm describing this quite right, but like the, each stage, there's just a lot happening. Like this one, you're being like crushed basically by like a boulder. And you, you're, the idea is to keep going down as the crystals are breaking for you to get to the, um, to the wonder seed. And yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this is much more than just like, run to the right kind of thing, you know, with enemies coming at you. There, there's a lot going on with the environment that is changing up the way that you play and, and giving you challenges. And, and um, yeah, at times I, I did feel like it was a little bit, again, a little bit overwhelming, but it could, could have been the fact that we were playing with strangers and playing, playing that guy, <laughs> playing that little kid, <laughs> um, playing, you know, uh, in, in a show environment, I'm sure when I'm playing by myself, I'll be able to. Yeah. That's really, why like, I, I figure hate out. playing games at shows for that yeah. reason. Cause it's like either you got somebody breathing down your neck, some, some creep from Nintendo 
breathing down your neck. <laughs> Have you tried this? Have you done that? Do you do this? You do that? It's like, leave me alone. I'm going to figure this out on my own. Or, or, you yeah, don't want a backseat gamer. Exactly. You're matched yeah, up yeah. with somebody you don't know. Um, we did also check out um, the Wonder Flowers. And yeah. I like those. I mean, those are kind of like really bite-sized tweaks to the game systems that you might be doing something different for like 30 seconds or, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's not meant to be like the whole level, but they were right. fun and, and they were different. And, and that's a cool way that they can keep things fresh. I'm sure they've cooked up all sorts of ideas for that. So, yeah. um, I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the wonder flowers I was, I've been curious about for so long, like what, what is it exactly? You know, um, it definitely, I don't want to describe it like this, but I can't help myself. It's like acid trip Mario. That That is what that is. Like you just go on a, you know, like sort of like everything becomes like trippy in the level. And um, it's weird in a good way. It's definitely weird though. Like it's it's one of those things where um, it, only Nintendo can pull something like that off or it just feels like super bizarre. And like you're like, who, what, what, were, were you on something when you made this, when you decided to do this? Like. Do you like a mushroom? What's going on? Um, but that's what it feels like, you know, and I, I'm curious to see like what other wonder flower effects there are um, in this game. But the ones that we saw were, were just complete like psychedelic <laughs> dreams. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting and fun uh, for sure, but definitely weird. My other big impression of the game is that it is absolutely beautiful to look at. Oh, um, yeah. So colorful, so vibrant. Um, all the characters, again, the expressive faces. I'm very the faces into the expressive are awesome. faces. Yeah, yeah. Really have a lot of different looks to them. And it's fun to see, you know, depending on what character you get, how they how they brought that into life and really detailed backgrounds too. Yeah. Um, it's a 2D game, you're not interacting with these backgrounds. So um, you know, it's just kind of there to look at, but they really do make you feel good, feel happy, give you that, that good Mario feeling as you're playing. Yes. And, and we saw a good, a good variety of those. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we saw a good variety of like different types of levels too. So you, you know, you saw like the underground, you saw sort of like the bright, you know, rolling Hills kind of Mario level. You saw like the desert levels. Um, and all of it was absolutely gorgeous looked fantastic um yeah i love how colorful and vibrant and bright it was and yeah i think that part of it truly is like a feast for the eyes you know like you're just excited to to play more just to look at it because it's so pretty um now did you hear any differences in mario's voice at all like when you were is it a little bit harder to hear and couldn't really hear because we were in that big you know center and it was it was just loud no i didn't i have heard you know obviously in, in the direct now i'm paying more close attention to it yeah. it it's it's not a big deal to me um it's yeah. it's close enough i'm not i'm not drawn out of the experience or anything yeah. like that yeah same here it doesn't seem like it's a huge departure from, you know, Charles yeah. Martinet's Mario voice. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't hear anything, you know, as I was playing the game that was like, Oh, that's different. I, I didn't have that experience at, le at least now, not right now. Maybe when I play by myself in a quiet, in a quiet space, I'll, I'll be able to, um, you know, distinguish it a little bit more, but for now, like it doesn't feel 
odd or anything like that. Now, a few episodes ago, we went through and listed our top three most hyped games of the year. Yeah. And I wanted to ask if you had to reshuffle your list now that you have played this, because I did. I definitely am pretty hyped for this game. I think this was on my list, though, no? I think we both had it on the list. I didn't have an ordered list. My three were were Mario Wonder, Mario RPG, and Cyberpunk, the Cyberpunk DLC. Oh, okay. So there's a bit what of a curveball to that list. I can't even remember what I had. You don't remember? No, well, I well, don't. Well, fine. Uh, m- mine now, it's like, it's like Mario Wonder is like way, 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 way above anything <laughs> else. Yeah. It feels just... Oh, I think I, I had Spider-Man on my list. Spider-Man, yeah. Well, good, good for you. You can play those both on the same day. You can do a, a Mr. Sakurai double hand, big brain. Double thing. hand, yeah. Exactly. I can definitely do that. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I really felt like, oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've played one of these 2D Mario games, and this is a really good one, and there's a lot of new things here, things I want to try out. I want to play it by yeah. myself. I want to play it with you. I want to play it. I want to play the online with a lot more people. It's like just getting really excited so having that mm-hmm. having that direct they did they did a good job with this um you know having the direct having the impressions they had interviews and then they had the hands-on like that was a really impactful week for, for them with wonder, this game yeah really yeah, big week. a lot of really well interviews. really well done yeah really yeah. well done we know the person working on this game so shout out to you yes. good job <laughs> you're tired <laughs> but you did good um but yes i i, I agree i think this is rocketing to the top of my list of cannot wait to get my grubby little hands on this game. And I, yeah, exactly. I have the same feeling as you. Like this was a great taste. I'm so glad we got a chance to play it and, and just like hold, hold the controller and, 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 you know, explore a little bit, but it just sort of like what your appetite about like, Oh my gosh, there's just so much to explore so much to discover with this game. There's so many ways to play it too. Like I can't play way to, you know, slowly do like a single player exploration of all of the different things in this game, but also do like a fun multiplayer and then do the online mode with our amazing Patreon community. Like there's just so many different like ways you could play this game to, to change the experience. Um, So yes, I am so hyped for this game. Could it be goatee contender? I mean, we had that in the thumbnail. It is on the table. For it's sure. There. Yeah. 2D Mario Goaty Contender is incredible stuff, guys. We have kind of a, a mini QA at the end of this episode because we had some QA in the PAX panel too, but all the questions that we pulled are also Mario Wonder. So Perfect. let's just sort of hit pause on that and uh, keep talking about a few other games, and then we'll be back uh, with before no time at all. Next game is Starfield, which. I don't know what kind of updates we have on Starfield since we've been away. We obviously had our huge um, hour-long impressions video that you should check out if you haven't. Yeah. The game's finally coming out of early access and it's going to be out for everybody to play. Have you have you played any more since uh, we, we've been back? I played last night, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I so you and I finally, now that the game is sort of coming out of early access, you and I both did the same thing where we looked at some guides finally that now exist. Well, I saw and that, I saw that tweet from Gene Park where he said, I, I blew through the story in 20 yeah. hours, which I didn't think you could do. I, I had I seen people so saying either. like 30 to 40. So that, that is now the thing that I am, I am doing is trying to kind of 
mainline the story. And then from there, I will expand into side stuff. Exactly. So I, I was, my surprise um, is that we are both pretty far along in the story, like we, the main, the main story quest, like we're over halfway, I think both of us. Um, I think I'm, I'm actually like even closer than you are to the end. Um, so now my, my focus is, is very much like I'm going to finish the main story for this. I do want to check out, you know, what happens afterwards. Cause I think it, it does open up a lot more well, exploration. The other thing that I've been say. seeing people say mostly, um, Greg Miller, who was doing like a hundred hour stream is, yeah, Greg saying, is like, showered oh, or oh my God, the, the new game plus in this game is amazing. <laughs> and he's obviously not spoiling it. And I, I don't, I haven't been looking, but it could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited because I didn't realize that the main story was so like tight, you know, and, yeah. and a, a very easy experience, which is great. It's, it's hard for me to really go deep on my impressions because I'm in a very spoiler heavy part of the story right now. Yeah, I think I know where you are because um, I got there and I was like, huh? I think that, I think maybe the only thing I can, I can vaguely say is so in, in our, in our first video, we said we went to earth and earth is just like a desert. And you're like, huh, well, you know, things went bad on Earth, but now I'm understanding what happened to Earth and how it got to be the way it is. And it's, it's quite yeah. interesting. So, yeah. uh, and there and there have been a lot of other, like, revelations about the nature of the game and, and the main story, um, yeah. which are very interesting that I will stay away from for right. a while. Because they are very, I mean, I, I imagine this is like some of the biggest revelations of the whole thing. Yeah. We have done spoiler casts before, like months after mm. games have come out. Maybe, maybe this is a contender for oh, good idea. a spoiler cast. If you guys want to hear that, let us know. But I, I have need to, again, it's one of those games where it's like, I just need someone to talk to because a lot of things are happening. One, one thing, not a spoiler that I will say to you that we both found to be really interesting is we're having sort of a different experience in our games. Like different characters are having different experiences. So it is dependent on how you are playing and, and the choices you're making um, to dictate, you know, what's happening uh, in later parts of the story. So I found that to be interesting because I talked to you um, after a, a very significant part of the story and you're like, oh, that didn't happen to me. Something else did. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was different for people. So yeah, there are a number of branching paths it seems yeah. about what what can happen within certain I love that. story beats which is cool yeah. um the other thing i'll say is i i went through a very long stretch the last two nights where i kind of didn't do much combat at all yeah it was very exploration heavy very story Same. heavy you know inter interacting with other characters which again when i saw the the direct and some of their earlier videos it seemed like at times it felt like space call of duty. I've used that, that term before. So it's nice that they spread those out a bit more and give you more variety of things to do. And, you know, I, I playing the soldier, so I like the combat combat's no problem for me. It's fun. But, um, I think the option is there to take a different direction with the combat. If you're choosing a different class. Yeah. Me, I, I barely had any combat in the last like three or four playthroughs that I've done. Um, and I've been, just spending so much time in my spaceship these days. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of nice. Like I I'm really starting to like learn about, you know, the optimal way to, to travel in my, in my spaceship and, and assigning my, my you know, party to do things and spend a lot of time exploring and, and sort of flying around. Uh, and it, it's been great. It's yeah, been really yeah. different than what I expected for sure. 
See, I don't, I don't think I have too much more to share on that <laughs> that wouldn't be spoilery, so maybe we just move yes. on. Uh, two two quick games uh, that I played on the plane to and from Seattle, uh, and one of which I mostly finished. And this this was a fun because you were sitting next to me. You could really sort of share this one with me. Yeah, uh, the making of Karatika, or is it Karatika? Or is it something entirely different? Um, They made a whole documentary on this game, and the the conclusion was, we don't know. So this is by Digital Eclipse, who did the Atari 50, which we talked about last year. And this is a new genre that they have made of an interactive documentary. And Atari 50 was incredible. It absolutely blew my mind the way that they did this. And I was like, watch, how come nobody's done this before? So now they're, they're... they're sort of branching off and doing it for individual games and, and going into that same level of depth on an individual game. And to be clear, um, Karatika is not a game that I had any uh, interaction with growing right. up. It's a it was originally on the Apple II, mm-hmm. so I think and it, and it came out you know in the very early '80s. So I think I was just a little bit too young to really be around when that was. Yeah thing and it eventually came to a lot of other platforms but you know it was very influential at the time as far as you know having you know, using really limited hardware but telling a story and having these very um, in-depth animations and, and just basically breaking the mold of what of what games were at that time so you know going into it with no background I, I was amazed at how much I cared and how deep into this story I got so the guy who made it, um, Jordan Mechner, his next game after this was Prince of Persia and he, and right. the, the original Prince of Persia. So he's got a, an incredible resume, but, um, you really see sort of his early path as a game designer and what led him to make this. And it's the same sort of, uh, visual approach as they had in Atari 50, where you kind of go, you know, down a timeline and, and there will either be some sort of a, a video, a, like a video documentary on a topic that you can watch or other design materials that sort of speak to what was happening at that time. But they'll also have like prototypes of the game that you can play and all the different versions of the game that came out on different hardware along the way that you can play. So it is, you know, the interactivity goes beyond just scrolling through. Like you do, you do play the game, and that is part of the experience to get to know it. Um, and you know, if they had just re-released Karatika, I'd be like, well, who cares? I, I don't have any connection to this game. Right. But, I mean, this is such a good new genre that they have created. I, like, I, I'll literally play any anything that they put in this format now because it's so interesting and so well done. It is such an amazing way for you to learn about, you know, games that have had a significant impact on the gaming industry or the gaming history and have it be interactive in this way. I, I've never really experienced something like that. I, I didn't really get into the Atari stuff that you, like you did. Um, so I was very happy to be sitting next to you on the plane so we could like go through this together. We pretty much did the whole thing. Um, and it, it's so true where like, it makes you really care about a game that neither of us had any sort of previous connection to. And I learned so much about like early game development in those days and, um, and about like, you know, what this, this is such an interesting story too, about like, this is like the first sort of cinematic game like ever. Um, and to hear about the history and the origins of that. Now it's so like, you know, every game has the same has a cinematic quality to it pretty much. And 
um, to hear about like the origins of, of what that was um, back in the day is so interesting. And yeah, at the, at the very end, we finished the documentaries and we went through everything. We, we both like played a little bit of this game um, and it really changes your experience and your like perception of, um, of these games. You know, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think if I were just to play like a remake of Karataka, it would not have the same impact at all. So being able to just like have this interactive history and, and learn about um, the making of in this such an interesting way was like really, really fun. Um, and yes, make more digital eclipse. Every game, anything that you make, we will play pretty much. I saw they were teasing that they are working on the next one of these. They obviously haven't said what it is, but I hope mm. that this creates sort of a demand where, you know, companies come to them and say, Hey, we still have all the original materials and, you know, we can put you in touch with the original creators and yeah. it's a great way to honor and recognize these classic games. I don't, I don't know to what extent that will happen. I, I do still worry about sort of the, the mindset in Japan around classic games and the involvement of, of people who maybe are no longer at the company, right. but yeah, as, as much as they can do this, um, I will, I will support it and, uh, shout it from the rooftop. Yeah, it's a great way to um, have a different type of video game preservation, which we talk about a lot. Um, what a what a you know interesting and different way to look at that challenge and, and solve for it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other game that I played on the plane is called Shotgun King. This is on. I played it on Switch. I believe it's on some other platforms as well. Making of Karataka, we should say, is, is also on pretty much everything, and I played it on Switch. Uh, this is an interesting take on chess. I am not a chess grandmaster. I'm not even a chess master. But <laughs> Contrary or whatever to comes below that, I'm not that either. Belief. But I, I do know. I, I know how to play chess. Uh, I can respect it for being incredibly, you know, complex and strategic. But this this is a whole different take on it. So I the watched idea, the Queen's Gambit. Does that count? Sure. You, now you're okay, the grandmaster. I'm the grandmaster. The idea here is you. It's basically one versus a whole other board, and you are a king with a shotgun. Great. Literally a chess piece with a shotgun. So you are trying to take out the whole other side of the board who move in traditional tress chess steps, uh, but you have the gun and you can take them out. And you try to go through, it's, it's got a bit of a roguelike feel to it where every round you get through, you have to choose um, a power up and something that works against you. So there's there's something good and something not so good that you have to pick, and you always have to pick a pair. So that can be fun because it's like, well, I'm picking something that gives me a bigger spread on my shotgun, but it's going to add uh, a queen to the board. And if you know chess, the queen is the most versatile piece and She's the hardest the most powerful to, one, the hardest to deal with. So it's very interesting. It does follow you know some of the really basic um, details of chess. And being able to change it up with sort of those roguelike power-up elements is is really fun. So uh, I think this is cool, even if you're you're you know again not not a chess uh, expert. Um, so yeah, just another great kind of hidden gem eShop game uh, to shout out there. Lastly, right. Armored Core. Anything new there? I, I added it here. I wasn't sure if you played it though. I have been playing it actually. Oh. I am well past the the, the tutorial. Beyond everyone. the tutorial. 
I am almost in chapter two. So I have done some, there's some big moves that have happened in Armor Core, which I'm like shocked that I'm still playing and quite enjoying this game, actually. Um, so I did unlock uh, the shop, which is important because you do need to like buy all the different parts and like start to, you know, get real deep into customizing your, your mech um, and making sure that it's, you know, really tuned for each kind of battle. So that's been interesting, but also confusing because I'm like, I don't understand what these stats mean. Um, so it's a lot of trial and error, uh, but it is, you know, it is very like, it's very deep. Like you're just really comparing little stats and and you can change out so many pieces um, on your mech that it, it is very like, it can, it can go in a lot of directions in terms of how you put that together. So that is one, you know, just one part of me being in a menu, like trying to figure it out. Um, the gameplay part of it, though, continues to be like a little bit different than what I expected. And there's a there's a lot of variety, which I was like, oh, OK, I didn't ex- I didn't think that that was what I was going to be in for for the, in this game. Like I thought it was going to be like, you know, sort of um, similar to the tutorial where you have like sort of little enemies to take out, maybe like a quick little mission and then like a big boss fight. But that really hasn't been the case once you get into the main game and the different chapters and, and missions. Um, I did one that was really fun. It really reminded me of that game Shadow of the Colossus where you like have to climb this big, huge enemy um, and then like take out little pieces of it to, to really defeat it. So it was like kind of like a little bit of platforming. Like I was like trying to figure out how to navigate this giant mech um, and uh, and get to the, the place where I, I needed to take out like different engines and then it would like come falling down and then you would do another thing to take out like the final boss. Um, so that was really fun. Uh, there's also been missions where like other mechs join me, like ally mat mechs. And they all look really different and and um, they have different powers. And so you have to like kind of change your, your loadout to be complementary to them to take out bigger bosses and things like that. So yeah, so far pretty fun like I I honestly didn't expect know what to expect going into this never played um anything uh in the series before um and I've been I've been really enjoying it you can do these real quick too so it's like do a couple of missions and then you can you know I usually I've been doing like both Armor Core and Starfield when I play um every day so it's a it's a nice game to just kind of dabble um in as well. So I'm, I'm really liking it. Well, speaking of dabbling, we're, we're talking about dropping a big one on the pile this week with Baldur's Gates coming out on PS5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get it. Uh, how it fits into this puzzle, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe not well, but we're gonna we're gonna give we're it gonna a go. Try. I think. Give it the old college try, as they yeah, say. Yeah. I think we're both going to really hunker in and try to get through the main quest for Starfield in the next couple of days. And then maybe we can move on to both. Yeah, I'll feel better taking a little break from that if I, if I can complete that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's actually it's actually been. I mean, we're very busy in terms of what we're playing, but it's been okay. Like we've been able to keep up pretty good. I think. Yeah. Pretty proud of us. Yeah. Pretty proud. Let's move on to the news. We got some Nintendo news fresh this morning. They have announced two new bundles that are coming out on, they're both coming out October 6th. So the first is a Switch with a digital version of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe 
three months of NSO included, and there's not really any sort of special pattern or anything. It's just sort of the, the red and blue Joy-Con that we know. This is this has been, I mean, this seems to be exactly the same as the Black Friday bundle that they've had for years and years and years and will continue to have until the end of time. We also have a Switch Lite bundle. Uh, there is a blue and a pink version of this that comes with Animal Crossing New Horizons and has some, you know, kind of the the leaf motif mm-hmm. on the back. Uh, they're calling it cute. Isabel's Aloha Edition. I think this one looks really nice. It's very cute. It's really cute, yeah. Uh, and this one will be exclusively at Target. So my question from this is, are they going to do another Black Friday bundle specifically for that? Or is this just like, let's just get, let's just get started now. I think it's let's get started now. I think so too. I think it's like, I mean, again, we're at sort of the tail end of the life cycle here. Like just eke out as many sales of your, of, of the hardware as possible at this point. And they're, they're really are doing like the, the end of life tried and true tactics at this point. Like, adding a design to a piece of hardware is a tried and true end of the life, end of life cycle tactic, you know, bundling with something digital is another one where it's like easy for them to do. It, there's no extra really work involved in that. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, I definitely think that this is like, you know, one of those like, yeah, where we re- recognize that this is the end. Um, and we just need to eke out as many sales as possible. Yeah. Sell, sell it through. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was always agonized over at Nintendo. Like, when, when, when do we announce the Black Friday bundle? Oh, because gosh, you know, yeah. these things always leak and you don't want to take away demand from the versions that you already have. So I think this is a good solution of just like, just mm-hmm. release it and make sure you have enough. And yeah. maybe you stockpile a lot that can get out there on Black Friday. So when that right. rush comes, you're ready. But yeah, why, why wait? Why wait? It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, do... it's not that crazy of a bundle. Right. It's, it's literally the same bundle. The same one. We've seen for like six years. So yeah. I think, I think you're good. It's not like a surprising thing. Exactly. Um, and you can still do all your advertising around Black Friday yeah. to like make it feel like a Black Friday bundle, but why not? Why not? Yeah. Right. All right. Next, uh, Charles Martinet was at GalaxyCon Austin recently yeah. and he did a Q&A and he was asked, uh, what, Mar- what being a Mario ambassador was what it meant. And he said, I quote, I am now a Mario ambassador. I don't know what that is yet. I'm not retired as it were, but I am an ambassador. As we step forward into the future, I will learn. We'll all learn exactly what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles. Oh, Charles. <laughs> He's very honest, which is good. Yeah. Um, it It is funny to see him. I don't think we've heard like a direct, really a direct quote from him on this for since it's been announced. So but I'm funny. shocked that they're, I mean, they have to, you know, approve all of these activities and putting them out there without the information. I'm pretty surprised at that. Do they have to approve it now that he's no longer? If you're the Mario ambassador, what else That's... is he, what else is he talking about? What is he getting asked about? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm asking. You can walk down the street and get asked. I mean, you got to have some some you know Q and A answer ready for him. Well, maybe Nintendo keep it locked at Nintendo.com, bro. D- doesn't have like as much control over it now because he's no longer really like officially. You don't have control over the Mario ambassador. 
No, I don't. I don't know. I just. <laughs> wow. I just feel like they've like that. That's a joke. That was a joke. Well, yeah, a joke title, obviously. But it clearly. looks bad when he's like, "Yeah, I, have to, I don't know. It's, it's made up. I don't know." I just, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Though I think you know, after all the stuff went down, like Nintendo probably has limited ways of controlling him and what he can do. This is where uh, he comes on our I, podcast. I, just, I yes? disagree, but okay. Yes, please, Charles, come on the podcast and reveal for, for us all. You can all. tell us what Mario Ambassador really means. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what led to this. And it, it gives me a, a sense that like, maybe there is less involvement, less of a partnership than was initially sort of given to us in, in that vague little statement. You know, the, the statement, it was very much like, he's still very much involved in the Nintendo business, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it kind of feels like he's not because he clearly doesn't know what a Mario ambassador is. And he clearly is able to go and say whatever he wants at whatever Kong he wants uh, without Nintendo's approval or oversight. So I don't know. They've lost control of Charles. Uh Oh, we did not get the video of Charles and Mr. Miyamoto. I don't know when that's happening now because Doug Bowser also did an interview at Nintendo live. Yeah. Where real, he said, really danced around that. Didn't he? He danced around a number of things. Like they asked Dance. him if they asked him where they were Tap in the dance. switch line, and it looked like he was ready to like hit the eject seat on that interview. <laughs> <laughs> he did not want to touch that one at all. But scared of getting he, in trouble. He did say they're not going to reveal who the person is until the game comes out. So like it's going to be a speed run to finish the game. Game explain, get on it. Um, to reveal <laughs> who the who the new voice actor is. I think that's kind of weird. It's going to be a robot. It's like the voice actor Get, is you, AI. You are really in on this angle of, of AI being well, the voice. Well, what does what it then tell us? It's going to be some no-name person. Well, yeah, but still, like. Who cares? You're not having a proper reveal for this no. anticipated thing. You're just going to let some, you know, again, whoever gets there first break that news and control yeah, that's that. That's so that's bizarre. I don't understand that. So... At, knowing that, I don't know when we get that that video with with him and Miyamoto. Maybe when they and, figure and what, out what, a, what being an ambassador is. What is that video then? If they're not going to reveal to know. us, that doesn't make know. any sense. Why, why would they even, say why even what, mention it? Exactly, that's my point. Like, why would they say there even is a video if all of this is all com- like it's just all like convoluted and stuff? You know, you have you have Charles out there saying. That he's not retired from voice acting. He doesn't know what a Mario ambassador is. You got Doug saying no one's going to find out who this actor is until they beat the game and read the credits, which is very strange. And then you got Mr. You got to put Mr. Miyamoto out there to do a thing, like get his name involved in this nonsense. Like, yeah, it's just, not the best. That seems very odd to me. Very odd. Let's wrap up with a non-Nintendo story. Sony is raising the price of PlayStation Plus by kind of a lot. Yeah. So they buried this in their monthly update about the games that were coming. And here's here. I'll just read the little blurb. We also wanted to let you know that starting September 6th, we will be increasing the price for PlayStation Plus 12-month subscriptions globally across all benefit plans. This price adjustment will enable us to continue bringing high-quality games and value-added benefits to your PlayStation Plus subscription service. Great. So PlayStation Plus Essential, which was the cheapest, is jumping from $60 to $80. Wow. Extra... 100 to 135 ouch. That's a lot. And premium, the highest end, from 120 to 160 
Which one did you have again? I had extra. But no more? I'm going to drop because that's a lot. I have always been on essential and I will continue to be on essential. Yeah. I'm dropping to essential. It's one of those things where it's like, what are you going to do? Um, now yeah. that all these companies have sort of <clears throat> weaponized online play as this thing that you have to, to pay for. Pay extra for, um, yeah. Which is kind of weird how that became the the you know default thing here. But, I mean, this is happening all over the board. Like, these companies need money. Like, Disney Plus is going up. Netflix is going up. Any subscription service you have, it's just Well, like, they've been oh, bleeding money we can squeeze. for, like, years. You know what's not going up? The Kit and Krista Patreon subscription. Oh, so steady. We could peg that to the U.S. dollar. <laughs> the value. What do they have? They used to have like the, the Big Mac index. You yeah. Know? It's, like, it's like the value yeah, of a Now big we got Mac. the Kit and Krista Patreon index. That's right. Rock solid. The GOP though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to like cancel my subscription or anything. I'm, I'm just going to complain either. about it. So I will complain. But I'll but, drop to Essential, I think. But I mean, we've, we've you know, noted like, PlayStation's doing great, but they are playing this kind of tight wire act of needing to fund so expensive. these crazy expensive games yep. that just keep going higher and higher. And this is like they're they're just gonna have to keep doing stuff like this. You're in a never-ending race to continue to fund these games that are just ballooning out of control. And this, I mean, again, this is just another proof point in that thing that we were saying before about like we really need to reshuffle the way that we think about triple a titles because it's not sustainable unless you want to pay for them to keep doing this at 160 dollars a year um for your premium plus editions or your uh ps plus premium so yeah i'm sure they have a list of you know here's a dozen things that we can do to squeeze out some more money and they are like looking at like well it's been three months since we did the last one what can we do now exactly and yeah. they'll just keep going down the list until they have to make a new list so <laughs> i don't know oh my gosh yeah soon we'll be paying like thousands of dollars a month to play any online it's game. nuts it's nuts and, and then you know i mean if you're in a position like us where it's like well i'm paying for that i'm paying for game pass i'm paying for switch at some point online. there's gonna be a, a thing where i'm like okay i like yeah, what i did with I my have to bail on one you gotta bail on one like yeah. my, what i did with my streaming services i was finally i was like i can't do the netflix anymore i'm gonna bail on this you cut the cord and then you cut the other cord cut all there's the no cord. more cords to cut we're all gonna be living in the woods there's gonna be nothing. permits we're going back to cable that's what we're doing cable's yeah. coming back exactly <laughs> that's the that's, See, you that's made fun of is. me so i'm one of those people who has cable still for watching sports is the main thing that I, I i use with cable and now it's like it was a bad it was it was bad for a while but now as these other things go up it's it's actually not worthwhile for me to get something like a youtube tv so it's like well I'll just stick with the cable yeah yeah you, you keep you, making you fun of me but i'll stick with a it. non-cord cutter I'm no. just going to stop consuming all digital content. No, you're not. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I'm going to read a paper book. That oh, will never go up a in paper price. Book. A nice. paper book. Great. Next, Sewn Tablets. Let's get into the questions from our community. We only picked four this week because, again, there were there was some Q&A in the PAX panel. They're all Mario-themed. So let's get going uh, with a question from NX Revolution. And the question is, hey guys, short question, but after playing Mario Wonder at Nintendo Live, have either of your opinions on the online changed? You can't pick each other up or collide with anyone, even locally, so the online shadows are actually pretty similar to what local play is like. When I saw that online play 
When I saw that online play, I was excited. What do you think now? Yeah, I actually had the sim- a similar thought too. Is like without the the uh, player interaction in local co-op, um, the online is probably like pretty similar to what you would experience um, locally as well. And and there's added stuff in the online. Like you can leave those little standees for your friends and um, lots of other little little things that can make it fun. So now I'm like this could be okay. And I'm pretty excited to check that out. And, and I like the idea of being able to like play with a lot of people that, you know, like I I keep going back to like our amazing community, like how much fun we could all have together in the online. So, so now I'm kind of excited about it. I was like kind of down on it earlier, but I'm definitely feeling more excited and like curious to see what that experience is like. Yeah. I was the opposite where I was pretty in on it right away. And I thought, the reason they went with the no collisions is like, well, maybe somebody's got a bad connection and there's lag. And that's probably yeah. why, again, they're still not, they're still little like ghostly figures, like silhouettes, like yeah. transparent and not um, all the way actual characters that you can see. But yeah, I think it's a great solution. I think this online is going to be really good. So, and, and it's good that it's cohesive for the full game. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Riven is next. Super Mario Odyssey got rid of limited lives by simply causing players to lose some coins instead of worrying about how many lives they had. Super Mario Wonder seems to be bringing limited lives back into play. What are your thoughts and opinions on this? How do you feel about limited lives as a mechanic in Mario games? Or honestly, any game. I don't know why I feel like this, but 2D Mario games, I need to have limited lives. Why? I don't know. It's just tradition. That's what it always is. Like, that's how we've always experienced, like, Mario games. Although, I will say that nowadays, in a 2D Mario game or any Mario game, really, like, you get so many lives. I know, you always end up with 99 lives anyway. inconsequential to have the limited or unlimited lives. Like, it doesn't even matter because you you never run out of lives. But I like having the lives. There's got to be some consequence you know you want to have a little bit it's your of, own shame is the consequence oh, i don't have shame i you gotta dis- have a little bit of that i disagree with this i think unless you are really going for a game that has sort of more of a retro slash classic thing you don't you don't need to to, to do lives anymore oh, um lives. i mean i mean just resetting the player um, there's, you know, there's some sort of a penalty in that. There's other ways that you can do penalties. I think it's great though, when a game just kind of like really quickly puts you back in. Uh, I always like that. This, again, it's not going to bother me because like you said, you have so many lives that I'll probably never hit game over, but it's, it's like, well, why, why are we even bothering that? I don't know. Just to have it. Okay. Just we'll do, to have we'll do it, it for you. Silver6477 asks, Hey, Kit and Krista, IGN recently published an article based on an interview with Mr. Takashi Tezuka and Mr. Shiro Mori, director and producer on Super Mario Bros. Wonder, respectively. Near the end of the article, they discuss how the game benefited from the fact that its development did not have a deadline. Given the long development times seen in recent major games from Nintendo, do you think this is a philosophy that Nintendo has adopted moving forward? Is this part of that secret Nintendo sauce. We want to know. Yeah. So that was an interesting comment by, um, by the devs. And I'm not sure if it's a philosophy that would work for 
every game, but I think in particular for this series, and we, we've talked about this a little bit, where this series really needed like a bit of an overhaul. We've gotten very stale at the end of, you know, the new Super Mario Brothers games. Like it was starting to feel very samey, very formulaic. There were good games, but um, definitely felt like it needed a shakeup. So I, I kind of wonder if that was really what spurred this kind of development philosophy is that they recognize that, hey, we need to like kind of do a, a hard reset here and think about a different angle for, for this game. So we're not going to like have any arbitrary deadlines or whatever. We just need to like really focus on overhauling the series. Um, and, and that sort of led them down the path to not having a, a you know, hard deadline um, and, and get, getting us to where we are with Wonder, which obviously it worked. So good on them for um, giving people the freedom to, um, to sort of uh, t- take a different angle, think about it from different angles. I also saw in the same article, there was another quote about how um, they, they basically like said, no idea is a bad idea. And like they had over like 2000 or something like that, like design and gameplay mechanic ideas um, that was like thrown against the wall for this game. And that was also very encouraged. So I think those two things are, are kind of going hand in hand here. Um, and there was a rec- recognition that we needed to do this for this series. I agree. I think this was sort of a one-time exception for this team in this game. I mean, one of the best things Nintendo's had going for it is you never seem to go more than a month without a new release. And that's helped people keep playing the Switch instead of, you know, putting it putting it away and forgetting about it and letting it get covered with dust. And that doesn't happen by accident by just telling everybody, hey, put out a game when you're ready. Like they're, I think they are very carefully managing that portfolio. And there's times where that's going to be really important. Like, like you know, the 2017 lineup is one of Nintendo's greatest acts, I think, of how they, you know, were able to put so many heavy hitters in that first year. And I imagine somebody over there is thinking about that, or maybe it's already set for the Switch 2, uh, of making that as impactful as you can. And, um, you know, when, when it's a Mario game and you're Mr. Tezuka and you're a legend, um, it, it's, it's, it can be amazing to say this game is a luxury for us. It's, it's more of a nice to have than a need to have, but that's, that's the position they're in now. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I do think uh, other games are on a bit more of a tight leash. Yes. Final question from Bubba Joey. one when the inevitable sequel for the Mario brothers movie arrives, which characters do you want to see and how would you like the story to go? Ooh, yeah, they're really, I feel like it's probably going to come sooner than we think. Um, really? I think so. Okay. Got to strike while the iron is hot, as they say. Um, but uh, we all, we already know, spoiler alert, okay, if you did not watch this movie, but there is a post credit scene where we saw like a Yoshi egg hatching. So obviously we know that Yoshi, um, and not just like a, a scene of Yoshi's running around, but like, our Yoshi will be here, um, probably in the sequel. Hopefully, not being crushed by an elephant, but hopefully here. I love Yoshi. Yoshi's one of my favorite characters, so really, really happy that Yoshi will be hopefully like more of a, a main character in the next game. Um, what about you? I would love if they did something where Bowser is now one of the good guys. Oh, and they're fighting against some another new, evil, some new threat whatever that is. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't have an idea for what that could be. Another character, well, maybe maybe, maybe an option would be the Koopalings. I would love to see the Koopalings. Maybe they together um, are the main threat that they're going against, and and you know Bowser has to to help them that way. That would be a good sort of riff on all the different RPG games that Mario's had, where where Bowser is a, is a bit more of a swing player, yeah, as far as being good That's or bad. Good. And I think that could that could make a lot of fun scenarios for it. Uh, of course, the other one, I, I just need Lucky too. It doesn't have to be in a leading role. I just need Lockheed too in the movie. Yeah. That's all. I think Daisy too. Daisy seems to be really popular these days. Daisy's already in Wonder. Well, now we got, that's a lot of characters now. We got nine, nine Koopalings. Got- I, want, I want a romance between Daisy and Luigi though. I really want to see it. Okay. I think that would be really cute. All right. All right. I, want a ro- I want a little romance between those two. Why not? Get them all in there. So cute. Uh, that is all the questions for this week. We get all the questions from our Patreon subscribers, of course, each and every single week. So thanks, everybody, for sending those in. Yes. All right. Time to shout out some Patreon superstars. We got some new ones this month. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Aaron Hash. Ben Eichhorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Roy Eschke. Switching It Up Underscore. Safazon! VGM Life. Link, the hero of Beats. Angela Bycroft and her pig Molly. Turbocharge and Erd. Thomas O'Rourke. Kyle LaBeouf. Christopher Lara. Simon. Frederick Ulf Conradson. Andrew Uhas. Chili. Brewstash. And Rain Tech. Boop, boop. Welcome, Brewstash, and welcome back, Rain Tech. So exciting. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Um, all right. Should we move on to our wonderful one-up club graduation ceremony? Let's do it. And, and, uh, dare I say, we may have a new addition to the fun name club. <gasps> I don't so, know. Who again, this is. Don't You've know. looked Maybe at this you'll before. Get it. Me. Maybe I'll get it. I don't know. Well, I, this is a lot of names. I need to, I need to expand. <laughs> There's some new on ones, which is, it's a bad omen for you. Okay. Here we go. Aaron Burgundy. Ale Alejandro. Alexander Pratt. Astro Dev. Bad Moon Horizon. Ben GB. Bookum Dano. Bookishly Fab. Brad SF56. Brooke Obscura. Brookie Kazooie. Chelly Squirrel. Christopher Lay. Captain Alex. Crimcat. Sea Roper 17. Dachshund. Doinko. Aw, oh, man. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Dolce. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. Espars 50. Fart Priest 69. Fairbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Deploy. Garrett Hallfish. Garth the Wolf. Gartooth. G Sun 101. Heroic. Iris Marin. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Aponte. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Collette. Jordan Hemmerly. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Jess Camtro. Justin Leminger. Kawa 2796. Keith Kwan. Kevin Delane. Kilo Kibo. Chris Yu. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Tyler Nelson. Linnell Stickman. Lit. Luminous. Mad Dog 5981. Magnificent Easy G and Callie Marie. Marky Man 64. Mecha Dragon 101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Mikey. Motomania. Mr. Andy Pond. Mr. Beans and Dip. MSN Poke Gamer. Mytran. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Nick E. Ninja 11. Panda Buns. Pangy. Posse Face. Paul Gale Network. Prime Factor. Prince Charmless. Raver. Renee Rivers. Ryeth One. Rob Osborne. Rocks. Rionetta. 
Cypher A. Sharif Jackson. Shinryu. Slowbro. Silly Ferret. SJ Sharky 777. Schnazzle. Spicy Munchkin. Steel Citrum. Sunny Gaduru. Tales of Lake. Terra Storm. The Shark Among Men. Thomas Alvarez. Three Rivers. Topher Schmofer. Travis Torline. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tuscoob. Tyler Goosey. TM. Best <laughs> Best. Video Game Stupid. Viridian. Virtual Bot. Weeb Kingdom. Wicked Davy. Will Johnson. Zudiverf. Zelgaroth. Zapati. And Zoraid. Oh, these are some good names. You're getting good. Way to go, everyone. Way to go. Well played, all of you. Um, Our newest Doinko. Doinko. Doinko is very good. I also like the Tyler Goosey TM. <laughs> Not Circle R TM. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. All right. Well, we are. This is a monster truly, episode here. Wow. Truly exhausted from. We had too much fun at PAX, honestly, and we're a little tired. So we're going to go and finish up this episode for you guys and get some rest, take a nap. Who knows when you'll see us again? Who knows? It could be any time, any moment. Don't forget to join us on Patreon to support everything we do on this channel. We are patreon.com slash kit and Krista. If you're watching this on video, you can go ahead and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, and also leave a comment. And if you're listening on audio, you can also subscribe, uh, give us a five-star rating, and leave a written review if you please. Please. And follow us on the socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Threads. That's it. Wow. That's it. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.